The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com Hi, this is Bruce Campbell, and I want to wish The Big Scary Show a very happy birthday. Welcome, boys and ghouls. It's time once again to kick open the old mausoleum door and see what climbs out. Clawing his way out of a fetid grave is Drew, a.k.a. Rabid Badger. Pull up a slab with Jim Millspaw in his award-winning role as the Professor of Torture, Meathook Jim. Jason Storm is here as fan-favorite gothic commentator, Storm. Do you smell something burning? It must be Salem's favorite old crone, Jonna Summers! (laughs) Now light a torch, grab your pitchfork, and make like a bunch of terrified villagers! You've found another episode of... The Big Scary Show! And ladies and gentlemen, this is our 11th anniversary, episode 287. And uh, frankly, it is such a big show, so much going on, I, I don't even have time to do an intro. So, you know, let's let's get through it real quick. Storm's going to be ranting about AIs in a haunt minute. Meat Hook Jim's going to be talking about asylums between the corpses. I'm going to be bringing you the latest in Deadline News. Probably have a gruesome giveaway winner. The old crone is back with a... Series of interviews starting this show from the Oddities and Curiosities Expo in Tulsa. We have a surprise return from Veister, who's bringing you a segment. And our roundtable of terror is basically some great musical guests talking about lots of haunt music, lots of spooky stuff, and 11 years of the show. And you will love who we have up there. We have so much more than that, but I really don't have time to talk about it, so... I'm just going to leave you with this. This is a top to a, you know, what we use on stage, but it's very, very special because if you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board, oh. 11, oh, 11, and most of 11, the and then amps go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not 10. You see, most most blokes are going to be playing at 10. You're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on 10 on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. Enjoy this episode of The Big Scary Show, 287, our 11th anniversary spooktacular.
with apologies to Embassy Pictures. All rights reserved. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy from Psycho Charger and the Jimmy Psycho Experiment. And you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Psycho Charger. Tonight is Halloween on The Big Scary Show. Looking to step up your costume? CFX products perform in every environment. Film, haunted attractions, stage shows, theme parks, cosplay, and good old-fashioned Halloween. Created for realism and comfort from the number one company leading the industry for over 16 years, a CFX silicone mask isn't finished until you put it on. Whatever your needs, CFX has you covered with silicone. And once you put it on, you too will agree that a CFX mask will be the most comfortable rubber you'll ever wear. 
Find your new face today at cfxmasks.com, cfxmasks.com. And ladies and gentlemen, of course, even though we are celebrating our 11th anniversary here at the Big Scary Show, we would be remiss if we did not drop a reminder that in only about five, maybe six short weeks from now, the Midwest Haunters Convention will be coming back to Chicago, technically Rosemont, for yet another year of fantastic vendors, classes, tours, of course the parties, you know, we cer- certainly want to thank the Midwest Haunters Convention because they have supported us since year one when the old management would bring us to Ohio and let us vend and interview and all that. Since they've moved to Chicago, unfortunately, we have not had the chance to make that trip up there. One of these years, we will have somebody up there with a booth or otherwise, but we would not be able to talk about Midwest Haunters Convention with a lot of information without having somebody who's a little bit connected with the show. So we, of course, have Chris Zarabski from Transworld, MHC, all things concerning that stuff. You know him, you love him. He is back with us from the Chicago area. Chris, my friend, is an excellent, excellent time to speak with you about MHC. I get so excited anytime we get a chance to talk it is such an honor to be on on your anniversary show. Congratulations! Well, thank you. We would not have uh, we would not have had you on any other show around this time. Oh, it was just fitting I, that you guys who helped us grow from the start. You know, we've been going to Trans World since we've been here. MHC, Legendary Haunt Tour, all the great shows that that Trans World and their other shows have put together. You know, we we couldn't have done it without you guys. It's a partnership, and, and we couldn't do it without you. We, we love everybody and all of your listeners. And just thank you for being such an integral part of our growth, and we'd love to be able to reciprocate and support you right back. So it's, it's always such an honor to, to, to be partnered. All right. Love Fest aside here, let's, uh, let, let's be frank here. Since Transworld happened back in February, you guys have been absolutely dead quiet. We haven't heard much about MHC. <laughs> Um, there, there are rumors about something else you guys have announced, but my goodness, what, there's nothing from you guys. When are you guys going to make some announcements about, you know, MHC and some other shows? <laughs> well, one of these days, you know, we've, we've just been sleeping, you know, I mean, Seriously. I, I think, uh, all of us hung up on, uh, on tater con. So, you know, <laughs> that is true. God, get some aloe tater. <laughs> oh my gosh, it has been uh, a busy time. In, in in my time with the company, I have never seen us hit the ground running on anything. We we got back in February and, and we didn't miss a beat. I think it was like Monday morning. We had already had emails from Jen and we were getting getting the, the troops uh, rallied and getting back to work. So uh, it has been a crazy time and so excited to bring so much to, to everybody. Well, let's let's go ahead and get the who, what, where, when, why out of the way. Midwest Haunters Convention is happening technically June 8th through the 11th. You got the tour on the 8th and the 9th. June 10th and 11th, the actual show. The Donald E. Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont, just outside Chicago. What's happening? Oh, everything. So, obviously, for those that haven't been to MHC, Donald E. Stevens Convention Center, of course, you'll know it uh, from Transworld's past when the show was in what we call Chicago, but it is, as Drew mentioned, in technical 
uh, Rosemont. It's a stone's throw from O'Hare, so you can literally Uber there uh, or grab a taxi or whatever. So it's very, very accessible. And there's a wonderful uh, party district. Uh, that's right adjacent to the convention center that has all of your favorite libations and restaurants and fun and entertainment and stuff to do with all of your best honor friends. Um, our show, we are super excited. So we're always trying to expand a little bit. So while the website says, I want to give you some exclusives here. Uh-oh. Breaking news uh, while here. The, while the website says the 8th, we're actually going to get things kicked off with a pre-show party Wednesday, June 7th, oh at, right around the corner at a bar called Bar Louie. And we are really, really excited. There is no charge, and everybody is invited. Um, and there's going to be some apps and a couple of drinks, and all you have to do is be a part of the convention and you're welcome, Melanie. So, do you have um, to yes. already have picked up yep. your badges to get in by this point? You should, yes, but we're not going to hold you to it. <laughs> um, don't worry. We, you know, we'll. Uh, it'll be a good honor system. But we want to celebrate everybody that's coming into Chicago, especially because that bus tour leaves really early on Thursday morning. So it's a nice way to, to welcome everybody to the party. Well, do tell us more. You know, Midwest Haunters Convention bus tours have become legendary over the years. And it looks like this one will be no different. Oh, well, thank you so much. Because it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of planning to make that happen. And, of course, we'd be remiss if we don't think. Uh, the haunted houses, the haunted attractions that are, and let's face it, we're asking them, anybody, we're asking them to open in the off-season, uh, in the summer, on a Thursday, in the middle of the day. And, and we <laughs> so, all know that haunted houses are really, really greatly air-conditioned and climate-controlled and, you know. Always, always. <laughs> perfect, you know, perfect weather inside. That's exactly it. And it's always 68 uh, degrees in Chicago in June, right? Oh, 100%. No chance of rain, no chance of snow. Uh, <laughs> no chance of it being 85 with 80% humidity, right? That's There's probably a good chance of that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point, we are, our tours, uh, and thank you for, for the very kindness, um, we love that adjective of, of legendary because we want to bring everyone to the best and brightest and, you know, just legendary haunted attractions. And a lot of people that work in the industry, whether you own a haunted house or you're an actor, or you, you know, you just show up someplace every night in October, they don't get a chance to travel. And so when you go and see three just really high-name, world-known haunted attractions, it's really a great way to start the entire convention off. So we, this year, are going to be heading right from the convention center. So all you have to do, get to Rosemont, and we will transport you by bus all the way to Detroit. It's only about a four and a half, five hour ride. Plenty of but time it's to worth do some the driving. drive. <laughs> it's, it's worth the drive because, <laughs> as Drew mentioned, we have three legendary haunted attractions. Of course, we are starting off with Hush which is the youngest, uh, excuse me, not the youngest, but like um, they have moved and they have expanded. And just a few years ago, they were like 3,000 square feet. Now they're over 50. <laughs> um, crazy expansion. Cannot wait to see them. They have an entire circus. They have like three different hidden bars inside 
they're three different haunted attractions. Oh so cannot wait to have fun with them. Our second stop is Eloise Asylum. Yes, folks, this is an 1800s mental institution, a real one, decommissioned, that we now get to play and uh, chase some spirits in. <laughs> uh, super excited. The folks from um, Jim Warner and all of his amazing past get to bring uh, to the table there and cannot wait to see that. They're the baby of the group. Uh, they've only been around for a couple of years, and we cannot wait to be a part of that. There's not a haunter out there that hasn't seen like a picture or a promo. Um, People are just Googling. That's great. It is impressive. Our our final stop is the legend in itself. Uh, Over 25 years in existence. Of course, everybody knows uh, Ed Terebus and Erebus Haunted House. Um, It's been featured at one point in time as the longest walkthrough haunted house, according to Guinness World Book. Um, It no longer holds that title, but it's pretty darn huge. They have over 100,000 square feet of space, four stories. Um, The place is just massive, and we are going to get a chance to get an exclusive behind the scenes uh, to be a part of some of his monster museum. We're going to get a free t-shirt um, and hang out with uh, all the, the masters behind uh, behind all three of these amazing attractions. Without giving away any spoilers, does Erebus still, shall we say, bury you alive? <laughs> It's been one of our popular questions. Um, the answer is they do. They do. And we keep it right like that. And we're you got to come on the tour. You got to come see it. But uh, that you, you might see that. I you have know, experienced not. that. There is there is nothing quite like Erebus. We'll we'll leave no. it. We'll leave it at that. You'll you'll have to go and see for yourself. We'll just hundred <laughs> percent. So. The beauty is, if you rather drive yourself, we definitely have tickets available for that. But if you want to sit back and relax, we're going to have three big coach buses uh, that are actually going to be captained by three different styles of people. Um, our third bus is going to be captained by Alan and Shannon Hobbs. Of course, you know them from Stilt Beast and from Dark Hour Haunted House in Plano, Texas. Um, how cool is that to have a captive audience with Alan and be able to talk shop with him or pick his brain or just fanboy out like that's what I plan on doing. As long as Carl's <laughs> not there. Bus number two, of course, has gotten some sort of, uh, you know, reputation. <laughs> of course, Mr. Tater will be uh, will be captaining that bus, but he'll also be joined by Caitlin and Nathan Hodges from Froggy's Fog. So if you want a ton of giveaways from Froggies and all kinds of wonderful swag that they bring, um, bus number two, which will have many, many, many libations, uh, is, is, is your bus. Maybe you'll get the opportunity to peel some skin off of Tater's back. <laughs> I happen to see those pictures, oh my too. God. <laughs> he is a birthdayer. <laughs> oh, man. We love him. We love him. Yes, and we do. Bus, bus one, of course, is our Trans World Live bus. And Nicole and Robert and myself uh, get to hang out. And I, we kind of view ourselves as like the medium bus. Like, we're going to party, but we're probably going to sleep, too. You know, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah. Yeah. So, if people survive the tour and they get back to Rosemont, what can we expect when the, to- when the doors open on the 10th and 11th of June? 
beautiful. Well, hang on. Can I it, forgive me just because I've got oh, stuff okay. to tell you about Friday? Oh, okay. So Sorry, my we're fault. Gonna, my we're going to get back early on Thursday, on Friday morning. So the bus leaves on Thursday, uh, probably about six thirty, and then we're going to get back just before two a.m. Excuse me, just before two a.m. on Friday. Um, again, you'll get plenty of Z's and hanging out with your best friends and meeting new ones, and it'll be great. Friday, you'll be able to sleep in a little bit. We are going to have a special option, again, exclusive for Big Scary Show, um, for Six Flags Great America. If you came with your family or you just want to go check out some coasters, there is going to be a special ticketing option uh, that we are going to be debuting here. And you'll be able to get discounted tickets and go check out all the the fun stuff. We're going to have a mixer event Right outside of the hotel, if you want to meet some people, get a little bit of food. Um, we did kind of a few of these at Transworld, and we're really excited that this is kind of going to kick off our formal MHC uh, sessions. So that information, again, exclusive to your show. It's not even on the website as mm-hmm. of uh, the time we're recording this. Um, we're going to call it a mixer event. It's going to be at Adobe Gillis, um, right outside the convention center. And that'll be like from 11 to 1 or so. You get to meet a whole lot of people and nosh on some good food and start your fun and adventure. But we're not, we're not done yet. There's going to be There's some more. early bird seminars from Alan Hops and from Jim Slanker and the Chicago Haunt Builders. That's going to happen between 2 and 4. Now, this is still Friday. The whole, whole thing hasn't really even kicked off. Then maybe get a little bit bite to eat. And come on back because we're going to be loading buses from the convention center to go see the old Juliet haunted prison, mm. the prison uh, that uh, Prison Break, Fox's prison, uh, prison Break, was filmed in, among many other shows. Um, inspired songs by Bob Dylan. This place is creepy. All of the most infamous folks uh, that uh, did anything wrong in Chicago uh, passed through these gates, like Mr. Gacy himself. Um, So you'll be able to get an exclusive uh, tour through the prison, and you'll be able to see the 13th floor uh, epic famous show that they are now putting on right there at the prison. Wow. There'll be a Q&A. Uh, there'll be some drink specials. There'll be some snacks. And you'll be able to pick the brains of all of the design crew and everybody that is part of the 13th Floor Entertainment Group. So we're so thankful to them uh, for opening up their doors and being so hospitable. And uh, that is ex- exclusive to MHC attendees. Amazing. Yeah. Now, we're not even done yet. We're not, the show floor hasn't even opened yet. Friday night, we are hosting our very first inaugural Transworld Live party. Of course, hanging out at Transworld is the famous time. Drew and I, you, you and I talked about this, and oh, we yes. had so much fun uh, talking about it right in front of the Marriott. Well, one of the things that's tough is we need a place that serves libations because we know haunters like to do that. And some of the places around there don't stay open later. So we are hosting our very first party ourselves. There's going to be no entrance fee. If you're an MHC attendee, great. It's free. This is not even online as of the <laughs> as of you and I talking right now. It's going to be right across the street from the convention center at the Embassy Suites from 11 to 2 a.m. Amazing. We'll have, we'll have a full bar. 
No entrance fee. We'll have music. We'll have backyard games. We'll have people there mixing, meeting, all kinds of stuff. So if you like that outdoor experience with the Marriott, you have to come by, meet all these people, grab some drinks, have some friends, make some new friends, and uh, and get ready for the show floor to open on Saturday. And for those people who have survived up to this point, and it hasn't <laughs> even started yet, Tell us, tell us about the actual convention itself. <laughs> right? So it's Saturday, June 10th. That's when really all of the huge action kicks off. Our seminars are going to start early at 8.30. And we're actually going to have a tribute store. So for everybody that liked, again, stuff that you're not even seeing online yet, um, the tribute store, if you liked that, and to, to give a quick synopsis of that, if you're, if people are not familiar with that, it was a place at Trans World that you were able to get kind of one-of-a-kind items or special limited run um, from some of the biggest producers in the marketplace, um, like a Distortions or like a Tater or like a Froggies, um, people that bring stuff to the show, but then they could offer something with like a 20 to 30 limited quantity. Um, special exclusive to that option. So we had a contest and uh, that tribute store is going to be called, the MHC tribute store is going to be called the Monstrous Marketplace. We love alliteration. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> and that'll be open too. So you'll be able to grab some one-of-a-kind items uh, that'll, that'll really commemorate things. Um, show floor opens at 9.30 a.m. And we'll have a kid zone because got to start them young absolutely there'll be some hot classes ghoul school the chicago haunt builders if you're familiar with last year's mhc they built a walkthrough haunted attraction right there on the floor no additional cost part of your ticket they're going to be doing it again you want to go through 20 times you can do that nice. <laughs> um there is there is no harm to that they're going to be open from 9 30 to 5 every day which are the show floor hours We've got something really special this year. We call it Creepy Closeouts. Again, love that alliteration. Creepy Closeouts, brand new. It's going to be on the floor. Again, no additional cost. And any vendor who wants to get rid of some of their stuff. So, like, these might be, I don't know, uh, one-of-a-kind items, prototypes. Maybe they... They missed the mold and it didn't strike the right way. Or maybe there's something defective or damaged. Now, we're not talking about trash. This is not a garage sale. But this is an opportunity uh, for anyone that might be on a limited budget or wanting to get a piece of some big, big names at a big, big discount. So let me give you an example. Gore Glore, Kevin Alvey, who came up with this concept. We have to give him all the credit. Hmm. Kevin Alvey is bringing a ton of merchandise, and some of his merchandise that usually goes between four dollars and $5,000 is going to be going for 1000 or under. Wow. That's rare. Poison Cops are going to be there, and Fright Cops have already signed up. Both of them are going to be a part of this. So, yes, they'll still have booths where you can get brand new stuff and you can get everything that you're accustomed to. But if you're looking for, maybe see what's in there. We don't even call it a bargain bin. That's not it. You're going to get a discount. But these are special items uh, that they're looking to clear out on their show floors and give you a great discount in the, in the, in the turn. Now, here's the, big, the biggest thing. Once they're gone, they're gone. So, like, in theory, these tables could be empty on Sunday. <laughs> um, that's going to open at 11 o'clock, first come, 
first serve. So the show floor opens at 9.30. Head your way towards creepy closeout. Start uh, rubbernecking a little bit. Start spotting some stuff and make sure that uh, you don't lose your chance to, to grab something. Wow, sounds like a full day right there. But I'm going to assume there are things happening on Saturday evening. There are, there are, and this is only at 11 here. So throughout the rest of the day, starting at 11, we're going to have stage entertainment. We're going to have skits and contests and demos. We're going to have a haunted relay race where haunted attraction personnel are going to be racing all around the room, having fun, making fools of themselves. We love that. We've got several makeup demos. We're going to have a lady coming and bringing all kinds of live animals. So if you wanted to hold a tarantula or a bat or a snake, take pictures, we'll have that. Again, all part of admission. Nice. We've got... <laughs> We've got uh, a costume design challenge where all you have to do is sign up and show up. We'll give you all the materials, we'll give you the fabrics, and you'll have a half an hour to see who can make the best thing possible. Well, of course, we're going to have some entertainment where some of our local haunters are going to get up on stage and, of course, embarrass themselves for your pleasure. We'll have a dating game is one of those embarrassing uh, moments there. And, of course, our fourth, I think, fourth uh, annual hot sauce competition. Oh so we're really excited about that. But, of course, we'd be remiss if we don't bring back the legend uh, who has been with us since the early days of MHG in Columbus, but the Bloody Mary Monster Makeup Wars will close out our day uh, of the show floor, and then we'll, uh, we'll head out of there into a zombie walk. Uh, super, super excited for that. So that's literally just the afternoon, and that takes you up to about 5 o'clock. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I'll be. I would be awake at this point. But again, <laughs> you have evening activities planned. None, none. We're gonna have oh, okay. everybody well, just we'll hang just out go and go, go home and <laughs> go back to my hotel room, catch a nap. Perfect. That's exactly it. Now, I am just kidding. Of course, we are going to roll out the red carpet, uh, rather the purple carpet, so to speak, and we are hosting the most epic costume party that we have had yet. Um, we are introducing a whole lot of new function uh, that uh, we haven't seen in quite a while or ever, um, especially when we've had the show here in Chicago. So we are bringing back, and this is exclusive to you, cash prizes to the costume party. So work hard on your costumes because there will be some epic judging. Um, I don't think, uh, I think I can, I can tell you who the judges might be, you know, if you wanted a, a quick exclusive, By all um, I, if we just keep it between us, that's okay. all. That's I'll, I'll all. Um, no one's listening anyway. There, there we I, go. <laughs> we mentioned uh, a certain Alan hops and, uh, I think Alan hops, you know, may or may not be one of those costume judges. Um, a, a woman named Stevie Calabrese, uh, who, uh, was uh, famous for being on sci-fi channels face off uh, and, and went very, very far in that show. And then uh, a little guy that, that's also on TV, you know, once in a while, I, I think some, some little show called making monsters. Uh, none other than of course, Ed Edmonds from distortions unlimited. Nice. So make sure you are decked out uh, because come to have fun, come to win money, come to impress your friends. Um, we are going to be rolling out the red carpet, literally. We're going to be doing interviews. We're going to be doing all kinds of videos and photos, step and repeats, making this the star-studded event uh, that, is, that is there. 
Now, exclusive to you, we have not released this yet. Um, truly, just made these arrangements yesterday. Uh, for those that were with us last year, you're hearing it first. The Vaudettes, uh, the wonderful burlesque dance troupe, will be coming back to entertain us during the party. And then afterwards, uh, you may see them at our Trans World Live after party. So you got to come hang out there too. Uh, but we're really excited to have them back. And it's going to be the epic party of, uh, of the year. And all DJ'd and, and uh, the party provided by Beastman of the Dead and the Seneca family. They're going to be bringing their whole gear. And uh, it is just going to be just going to be off the hook. Oh, my God. I mean, for all this, you know, surely this has to cost like $10,000 a person, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. And that's the beauty of MHC. It is priced. We want everybody to come. We want your whole crews to come. We know that coming to the big show, coming to Trans World in St. Louis is expensive. We do know that. And tickets are not cheap. But for, for MHC, it is priced. So individuals can come and pick up stuff. There's lots of cash and carry items. You know, we talked about all this fun and entertainment on the show floor. I just talked with my boss, Jen, which all of you know, and there are over 30 more exhibitors than last year. So it's, it's insane how much it is growing. There's going to be people there uh, that you've not seen before, and they're all geared for cash and carry. So... Bring, bring all kinds of fun stuff. But yes, all of those tickets to the ball, to the show, they're not going to run you an arm and a leg. Maybe a toe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's not it. We want you there. We want you to have fun and meet all your friends. Well, for all this, all this fun, all this excitement, all these tours, all these classes and seminars, all these parties, there's got to be you know, 47 different websites to um, find all this information, or do you have it all in one complete, simple, easy to find and easy to use place? There is nobody better to set that up than yourself. I have to give you the best credit, of course. Uh, if you just want one website to check it all out, MidwestHauntersConvention.com will be your one source. All of this good stuff that I've been telling you about here, um, that stuff's going to go up online over the next couple of weeks. The seminars will be released, all of the fun stuff. Um, just to give a quick plug on those, if you're interested in any aspect of haunting, um, whether you are an actor and you want to learn how to act better, whether you are thinking about being an actor and you've never acted before, if you're a home haunter, and you're a veteran and you want to learn more stuff, or if you're just starting out, we have classes for home haunters, for actors, for haunted house operators, for every single class. It's a little bit different than transfer. This is geared towards actors, towards home haunters, towards enthusiasts. We want you to come. And these are reasonably priced stuff that you can meet all of these same experts, all of the veterans that bring in all of this amazing knowledge from across the country. And you can... Meet them right here in your backyard. So, Well, it sounds like it's going to be an amazing show, as it always is. But again, pulling out all the stops. Ugh, you're going to need a vacation yep. times 10 on this one, it sounds like. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but once again, folks, MidwestHauntersConvention.com happening early June at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont, just outside Chicago. A quick 
hop, skip, and a jump from O'Hare. No word if you're flying in the Midway, but that's okay. But MidwestHauntersConvention.com. Chris, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us here. Oh, it's, it's such an honor to be a part of this, and, and congratulations again on 11 years of entertaining and informing. Um, we're so grateful well, to, to, to be partners. And, and, of course, I assume you're still doing your live shows every Tuesday. We are. We are. Thanks for thinking of us. Yes. Um, so Transworld Live every Tuesday, and uh, we'll we bring you the we bring you a, a additional guests that are going to be presenting or a big part of the shows, and then of course we uh, we we typically break some news there. But I wanted to save some just for you, sir. So. Well, we appreciate that very much. So look up Transworld Live on the social medias and the YouTubes and all that stuff. Oh yeah. And of course, go to MidwestHauntersConvention.com. Up in Chicago, you know, there may be another great fire while we're there. Who knows? It certainly sounds like something's going to be happening in June. So, Chris Sarovsky, thank you so much. Thank Jen. Thank Rich. Thank all their staffs for being supportive of us. We love supporting you guys. But once again, folks, go to Midwest Haunters Convention. You will not regret it. My name is Drew Badger, and this is The Big Scary Show. Onward with our 11th anniversary. This is Alan Hops with Dark Hour Haunted House in Plano, Texas, and I am wishing the Big Scary Show a very happy birthday. Ah, thank you. I've been standing there for centuries. <laughs> yes, I suppose it seemed why it's raining, but you're not wet. No, I'm not, am I? Uh, where are you coming from? I was watching a wonderfully terrifying double feature movie. I was a teenage Frankenstein in Blood of Dracula. Oh? Professor Frankenstein created a teenage monster to bring havoc and terror to all who meet him. But he left a few parts out, particularly in the poor lad's face. May we change the And the, the vampire in Blood of Dracula, quite unfriendly except when hungry, than any friend will do for a few ghastly moments. Please, I... Oh, here's where I must leave you. But there's nothing here but an old cemetery. Yes, I know. I want to meet some old friends here. After you see I was a teenage Frankenstein and Blood of Dracula, you might drop back here. We'll discuss the pictures to some length. <laughs> yes, yes, I'll do that! <laughs> Broadcasting to you from the darkest regions of the Earth. This is a Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so one of the big topics going on right now is artificial intelligence. Now, in the haunt industry, we've really been dealing with artificial intelligence forever because, well, actors. You know, if there's anything that's artificially intelligent, it might be the act already. But seriously... <clears throat> This is an interesting prospect that's coming up because people are using artificial intelligence to go around and, and, you know, making things. You know, if you want to see what the Simpsons look like if they're real life, we're asking artificial intelligence. And this isn't exactly, you know, real artificial Skynet intelligence. This is just a lot of algorithms pulling in a lot of information to make something based on everything that's out there type of artificial intelligence. So I'm interested to see what kind of haunts that would make. You know, ideally you'd probably get your cookie cutter haunts and 
straight lines and right angles and a clown here and this there because it just jumble up everything that makes a haunt good according to the internet, which could be a friggin' disaster. So it mostly be, you know, a lot of right angles and things, you know, that have gone bad. All the, can you imagine all the descriptions of our haunts over the years creating a haunt through artificial intelligence? No, but what I really want to see is true artificial intelligence send an artificial intelligence to create a haunt. Because that way, we, you know, the haunt industry can become the John Connor. Yes, that's right. We could find out what artificial intelligence is most afraid of by making them design a haunt. Ah, brilliant. So, yeah, our industry's going to save the world. Until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Ben Armstrong from Netherworld Haunted House wishing the Big Scary Show a happy and very scary birthday. <laughs> Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete, the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at vfxcreates.com Music by Midnight Syndicate And ladies and gentlemen, as we celebrate our 11th anniversary special, we just want to thank one of our great sponsors, ScreamlineStudios.com for our gruesome giveaway that we've been doing since the beginning. They have provided masks and makeup and weapons and latex and all sorts of great stuff. Get out there to ScreamlineStudios.com. It is not too early to start shopping because Halloween is only six months away. But we won't talk about that right now. Right now we need to find out if we have a winner for the month of April for our gruesome giveaway. If you remember, we asked a question in the last show. The answer was there. Out of everybody that answered, we randomly selected a person. I do believe we have them on the line. Random person, what is your name? Where are you located? Uh, hello, my name is uh, Bart Bussey, and I am located in Swift Current, Saskatchewan, Canada. Swift Current, Saskatchewan, Canada. Welcome again. We, uh, we have had a few people from Canada to... Uh, enter the contest and be on the show well bart let's find out if you are indeed the winner i gotta ask you a couple of legal questions first question number one have we contacted you in any way shape or form other than to tell you when to call in no all right question number two have you tried to persuade us to pick your entry via promises of some kind of bribe or otherwise 
Oh. All right. Well, Bart from Swift Current, Saskatchewan, Canada, if I recall correctly, the question on the last show was related to our other sponsor, Von Caron. Tom has been making straight jackets for Alice Cooper for a very long time. What was the year he started making straight jackets and other clothing for Alice Cooper? He said he started in 2012. And 2012 is absolutely the correct answer. Ironically enough, the same year that we started, which may have influenced why this question was asked. But we want to congratulate you, Bart Bussy from Swift Current Saskatchewan, yet another one of our listeners from the Great White North. You are the winner of the April Gruesome Giveaway. Well, thank you very much. We are delighted to uh, send a great prize from Screamline Studios to you, sir. If you'll hold on the line so we can get some shipping information from you. Bart, do you do a uh, anything Halloween-related? Do you work for a haunt? Do you do a home haunt, yard display, big decorating, or anything like that? I do a yard display that I started working on about five years ago and expanded ever since. And uh, seems to be getting quite popular in our little town. Very nice. I'm sure the trick-or-treaters love it when you start putting that stuff out. Oh, for sure. They're driving by uh, the minute it goes up. Do you have any kind of social media presence, any kind of a Facebook or Instagram? If so, feel free to plug it. Uh, sure. I have a Facebook page. It's uh, Morbid Manor, A Haunting on Gibbs. A Haunting on Gibbs. I'm assuming that's the name of the street? That's the name of the street. Excellent. So everybody out there, go to the Facebook page, like them, follow them, and see what kind of cool progress there. Uh, Bart, I've got to ask you, is there still snow on the ground? Uh, as a matter of fact, we just had four inches of snow overnight. Oh, jeez. It's, it's in the 80s down here in Charlotte. Oh, God. I've, I'm, I would uh, take it. I would <laughs> take it. And, and I would probably take the snow. Maybe we can work out some kind of cultural exchange here. But the more important thing, <laughs> there you go. But once again, congratulations to Bart Bussy of Swift Current, Saskatchewan, in the great white north of Canada, the April gruesome giveaway winner. And of course, thank you again to ScreamlineStudios.com for being with us for the past 11 years, donating all these fantastic prizes here on The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Bobby Wiener, Bloody Mary, and I want to give a big happy birthday to the Big Scary Show. Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects for your home or pro haunt. They carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit SpectralIllusions.com and add some life to your haunt. That's SpectralIllusions.com.
Hello everyone, Drew Badger here, and this is Deadline News for episode 287. We are celebrating our 11th anniversary, so we're going to kick this off with an update from Days of the Dead coming to Chicago. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of illustrator and artist Shinji Nishikawa to the guest roster for All Monsters Attack Chicago happening May 5th through the 7th at the Crown Plaza O'Hare. Shinji Nishikawa, also known by the pen name MASH, is a Japanese artist. He's worked as a designer on the majority of the Heisei and Millennium Godzilla films, starting with Godzilla vs. Biollante in 1989. In addition, Nishikawa has worked on non-Godzilla tokatsu projects, such as Toho's Rebirth of Mothra trilogy and several recent entries in the Surabara Productions Ultra series. Nishikawa has also illustrated Godzilla-related manga such as Godzilla Legend and the Monster King Godzilla manga that was serialized in TV Magazine. Shinji Nishikawa also designed characters for the 2018 anime series SSSS Gridman. Get more information about Days of the Dead and tickets at daysofthedead.com. We have this news from the Field of Terror in East Windsor, New Jersey. Field of Terror celebrates halfway to Halloween. On April 28th and 29th, the doors to Timory Manor will once again open for our halfway to Halloween event. We couldn't wait to celebrate Halloween again. That's why we'll be opening for two nights only. Come celebrate the halfway mark to the best time of the year. Three haunted attractions for one low price. Tickets are on sale now. Get more information at fieldofterror.com. We have a trio of stories from Ohio, starting off with this from Maniacs in the Woods Haunted Attraction in Warren, Ohio. May 5th and 6th marks halfway to Halloween, therefore the Maniacs in the Woods will be doing a special. Only $10 a person and it will be a night of wicked haunts. The Maniacs have returned and are ready to start preparations for halfway to Halloween. Join us for these spooky spring nights. These nights will be tailored for the folks who like a good jump scare. We will have other vendors on site, such as the Little Red Food Truck, Yo Crash, Donuts, and Coffee. More information at facebook.com slash maniacs in the woods. We'll have a little hiring news from Blood Prison at the Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio. Are you looking for a thrilling job that's as fun as it is rewarding? Blood Prison is currently seeking scare actors for our 2023 Halloween season. Join the Blood Brigade this fall and receive the following benefits. It's a paid position. Catered meals every night. Special event passes, huge prizes and giveaways based on nightly performance and attendance goals, and end-of-season bonuses for each committed cast member who performs every night of the season. Become blood and help us provide our guests with the fright of a lifetime. Learn more and apply today at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash bloodprisonohio. Wrapping up this trio, we have this from Fear Columbus in Columbus, Ohio. April 28th through the 30th of Nightmare Combat Laser Tag has already sold out, but due to overwhelming demand, we've added an extra weekend of May 5th through the 7th. Tickets to the new May date are on sale 
Please be aware, we will not be adding any additional weekends in May or June, so make sure not to miss out on this one-of-a-kind experience. Make sure you sign up for access at NightmareCombat.com for the best chance of securing tickets. We have this from the House of Torment in Austin, Texas. House of Torment presents Halfway to Halloween, coming to Austin Friday, May 12th and Saturday, May 13th. This celebration of all things Halloween is great for diehard fans as well as newcomers. If you love all things Halloween, this is an opportunity you won't want to miss. Get more information at their website, houseoftorment.com slash halfway. We have this news from the Reign of Terror haunted attraction in Thousand Oaks, California. Reign of Terror's Halfway to Halloween special event only on Friday, April 28th and Saturday, April 29th. Why wait until fall to experience the ultimate haunted house in Southern California? Walk through our huge experience with 135 haunted rooms and our 10 interconnected attractions now, six months before we open in the fall. There's all new special features, bigger and better than ever. All new props, renovated attractions, and a new layout inside our legendary walkthrough haunted experience. Reserve your arrival time and day, select the time to arrive during a 30-minute block each hour, and anyone in line with a current valid ticket will be admitted before the doors close each night. Entrance capacity is limited, and avoid the sellouts. Buy your tickets today. Get more information at rothauntedhouse.com. And finally, we have this from the Haunted Attraction Network. Attention, haunters! Applications are open now through April 28th for our 2023 Hauntathon. The Hauntathon is our annual Halloween programming where we feature a different haunt daily from September 1st until October 31st via videos, podcasts, and articles. Our mission is to encourage guests worldwide to celebrate Halloween by visiting haunted houses during the season. We're now accepting haunts, sponsors, and content partners that want to help promote haunted houses worldwide. In 2022, in combination with our partners, the Hauntathon received over 8 million views and 60 million impressions. Applying is free and open to any Halloween tourist attraction that includes home haunts, pro haunts, theme parks, and more. Applications close on April 28th, so apply today at hauntathon.info. Remember folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Just gather around and I'll elucidate what goes on outside when it gets late. Long about midnight, the ghosts and banshees, they get together for their nightly jamboree. There's things with horns and saucer eyes. Someone's bangs about this time. Some are fat and some are thin. 
And some don't even wear their skin. Oh, I'm telling you, brother, it's a frightful sight. You see what goes on Halloween night. Jerry Bane and Tim Tantrum, the headless man on the big scary show.
Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let dark imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Roundtable of Terror is very proudly sponsored by HauntPay. Whether it's time ticketing, virtual queue lines, or anything else related to online ticket sales, have Alex and his staff set you up at HauntPay.com. And ladies and gentlemen, it was 11 years ago on Friday, the 13th of April, I was sitting in a hotel in Hamilton, Ontario at the Canadian Haunted Attractions Conference when some guy by the name of Unknown Scare Actor, you know him as Meat Hook Jim now, sent us the four words that changed the haunt industry forever. The show is up. 287 episodes later, we are celebrating our 11th anniversary, and boy howdy, as Bob Weir says, what a long, strange trip it has been. We have seen so many cool things, visited so many amazing conventions, conferences, trade shows, haunted attractions, have literally interviewed hundreds of people over the years. It has been a fantastic ride, and we're probably just getting started. Who knows? We are celebrating 11 years on the air, and we thought we would bring a couple of people back who have meant a lot to us over the years to kind of just celebrate with us. It's been a while since we've done a music show, so they both have some musical connections. So we thought we would do a nice, simple, hey, let's tell some stories, let's have a good time, let's not get into complicated set design, lighting, sound, 13 questions of doom or, you know, anything like that. Let's just chat with some old friends and talk about the show, music, and anything else we can come up with. So I want to introduce our very special guest for our 11th anniversary. Up in Jamestown, Ohio, you may have heard this guy on Big Scary News a few weeks back, but he's been a big fan of the show pretty much since the beginning. I've known this guy over 20 years. He's made some amazing music. You've heard an awful lot of it on the show. Lead singer and head guy with the band Psycho Charger. We have Mr. Jimmy Psycho with us. Jimmy, my friend, welcome to the show. Welcome and thank you. And uh, congrats on 11 years. It, it, it feels longer sometimes. It feels shorter sometimes. It's it's really kind of weird. But yeah, but I, I think you've got another, at least another 11 in you. <laughs> I don't what know if my do? back and knees, we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. But, yeah. <laughs> but thank you. But uh, 
it, it's not just me. It's everybody else. And speaking of everybody else, you know him, you love him. Very special guest with us who hasn't been on the show in nearly two years from parts unknown. You could say he's at the foot of the Rocky Mountains these days. Former original host, Mr. Haunt Rocker, Mr. Haunstrumentalist. You may know him as Jerry Vane. Welcome, Jerry, back to the show. I'm supposed to follow up with that? <laughs> yes, you are. God damn. Okay, I'll just, sli- just I'll say, just five say bu- something, something, well, chuckle f- fuck, something, something, where, cluster, where, something, where, something. Where is the <laughs> shovel on that one? My God. <laughs> there you go. It has Maybe. been two years. Yes, almost two years. It is great having you back, my friend, as well as our regular host up in Rhode Island. We have the man, the myth, the legend, Storm. Uh, greetings from the land of the seven-foot quahog coming to an airport near you. Hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's a story there. Down in Cincinnati, Ohio, the formerly named unknown scare actor now goes by the name of Meat Hook Jim, lover of all things torture, Meat Hook Jim. I love torture, and there's going to be some more torture on this episode. And we might even torture Jerry Vane. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> I'm touched. I'm not sure where. Wait, I'm singing? I, I didn't get that memo. No, that's yours. <laughs> Hank Travis is making an appearance? Oh, that's awesome. That's a special, <laughs> special guest. And way out in Fayetteville, Arkansas, you know her, you love her. She is the old crone. Keeper of the Cauldron, keeping that flame alive, owner of the award-winning Banshee Manor, the old crone, a.k.a. Jonna. Welcome to the show. Hi, I guess I'm still the rookie of the group, aren't I? That's okay. Although you have also been with the show almost since year one. I I made my first appearance episode 13. There you go. Very special show 13. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. My name is Drew Badger down in Charlotte, North Carolina. I am I am feeling my age here after talking about 11 years of conventions, trade shows, haunted attractions, and so much stuff. But let's have a little bit of fun, get loose, and have a good time. Jerry, Jimmy, what have you guys been up to of late? About 5'10". <laughs> Always up to something less. wacky. <laughs> Always got your... Uh, that face mask you wear all the time the uh oh, yeah. the silver oh. one <laughs> chupacabra or whatever the hell they call it <laughs> oh right right the uh oh what is that called i i've had that thing for so long i forget what they call it now <laughs> come on J- J- come on drew you you have one of the masks i have a luchador mask I have that's several. what i was yeah. trying to think of oh wait you've mixed up chupacabras and luchadors you've been away from the show too long well, come on! You always brought the chupacabra for almost for the whole time I was on it, so I had to throw it out. Yeah, exactly. Show the difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jimmy, you have been doing uh, shows with the Jimmy Psycho Experience. Is experience or experiment? I can never uh, remember. Uh, it's okay. The the experiment. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 it. You know, it keeps me busy. You know, and uh, I got to say, since we last talked, finally, for the first time in many years, well. Our last record came out in 2014, so the new Psychocharger record is done. All the tracks are recorded, mixed, mastered. It's at the uh, Got a Groove record plant waiting to be pressed. So, uh, But who knows when the actual date is, is going to be because with the delays in vinyl production, 
you know, it, it could be Halloween of 2024, you know, about so, it's about time. Yeah. It took us a while to do it, but, uh, I, I, I'm gonna tell, I, I'm not just saying it. It really is like the, my favorite group of songs we ever did. You know, like I, as I tell people, like the story of psycho chargers, we kind of started with this smaller thing and it was all very like crampsy industrial kind of thing. But then as we kind of started progressing and doing stuff for, like movie soundtracks, everybody wanted something that sounded like Rob Zombie, right? So we we became the poor man's Rob Zombie, so to speak. And so the songs just got bigger and bigger and, you know, like three tracks of guitars. And so on this one, we kind of just peel it all back down, you know, one or two guitar tracks, singer, me, bass, drums. And uh, so, yeah, so that I'm thrilled to announce it's going to be called Return of the Psycho. And I'm really excited about that one coming out. Well, Drew was the one that turned me on to you. You know, when we started doing the show, actually, let me think about this for a second. No, I think I think it was when we first started the show. Drew, he, he said, "You got to play these guys. You got to play these guys." And I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm like, who? Psycho what? Psycho Belly? Psycho Analyze? What the hell is this band called? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And and, and you know, it's like okay. And then when when I heard the the uh, the uh, no the uh, Jimmy Psycho experiment, I almost said Jimmy Eats World. Um, <laughs> um, there's a comparison. It had Jimmy big in it. difference. It was like, wait, this is the same dude, you know. So I mean, the the ideas that come out of you are just like, okay, well, which part of which cheek did he pull that out of? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, we always never took ourselves too seriously. You know, it's heavy and scary. Horror and humor go together really well, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. So, some of my favorite stuff has those two elements in, and we always tried to keep that going mm-hmm. with the band, especially in the live shows. If you were ever around for one oh of those, my. I know, I know Drew's seen more than a few. So, uh, Every yeah, time. one or two. The first There's time I saw you guys, first time I saw you guys was probably Elvis Fest 2001 in Chapel Hill. And, uh, you were dressed as Psycho Elvis with the giant, like, um, uh, sleazy martini wig open jumpsuit with a giant pentagram tattoo on your or a brand branded into your chest obviously it wasn't real and i know you had stinky from the mad daddies come up and sing a couple of songs and it was just an amazing amazing performance and i was just riveted and you know fun fact here for some of you very old school people the old podcast that we were all associated with my first job there was to interview bands with a hard twist. And the very first interview I did was in the Holiday Inn Lounge in <laughs> Chapel Hill, North Carolina in 2007 or 2008 for Elvis Fest that year. And you I guys t- were playing that year. I totally remember that. I remember we were like, I, I can even remember exactly where we were. We are like in some kind of, it almost looked like a coat room kind of thing and it, it was like a quiet spot but i i totally remember that that moment yeah because mm-hmm. I, I i you know I, I i i you were in touch with me for a while that you're doing a, a podcast and actually that's some of the podcasts that we would kind of tune into when we would do our trips and then when you started um you know the big scary show that's when we started like really kind of like because that's about the time we started doing more road trips we download episodes of the show and kind of <laughs> listen to those because you know, after you listen to like music for twelve hours straight, the last thing we do is hear more music. So let's go. <laughs> so let's put something with some talk in there, and that we always love listening to the show. So yeah. 
And I think that was the year you guys where it was like 35 degrees in January and you guys ran out of the show venue after this was being performed at the hotel and you jumped into the swimming pool when the swimming pool was mostly full and it, that water could not have been more than 40 degrees. You were in your underwear, you were wearing wrestling belts, and I don't think you were wrapped in saran wrap that show. But I, 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 That might have been the show where we did the uh, the human shake and bake show. I thought that where... was Heavy Rebel, where you did the uh, the swimming pool with the uh, eggs and milk and flour, and you rolled oh. yourself in under the hot lights and tried to deep fry yourselves. That was that was a classic. <laughs> right. You know, for those who've never caught a Psycho Char- Charger show, every show is different. They always pick a a new thing that they do, whether it's astro gorillas or super spacemen or luchadors or wearing suits of meat which you know you beat lady gaga by about 20 years to that one yeah I be- I, yeah i beat you <clears throat> with the reynolds wrap by i was wearing that in 95 with boxy rock so and we were endorsed <laughs> <laughs> i had cases of that crap i remember that you were the which color were you blue i was i was cookie monster you, you were blue, and somebody was red, and somebody was green. And there was yellow. And there was yellow, so there you yeah. go. Yeah, Tickle Me Elmo, Cookie Monster, Oscar the Grouch, and Big Bird. <laughs> God, or the, or it was the same colors as the M&M costume, so we wore that for a Halloween costume. So Nice. So, Jerry, I know you haven't been doing a lot of haunt music for the last couple of years, but um, you have not been shall we say, lackadaisical when it comes to making music. You've been uh, quite busy of late. Since uh, we moved to Colorado, yeah. Um, Ohio was not super productive for me musically, uh, even though I got Black Moon Asylum out, um, you know, and I, I you know, did the, the conventions to, to promote that and everything. And that, you know, 2019 with my accident and then COVID and all that stuff, it kind of put the kibosh on everything. The first, the first like seven months after my accident in September of 2019, I had a lot of health issues, stuff that I haven't even told you guys. And, um, I was laid up for a while. Uh, you know, and I started, you know, I was sitting at home during one of the procedures I had to undergo after I get one of the procedures I had. And I was not, I, I was not in a good place mentally at the time. And I started writing. And I have an, I have a 14 song album almost completed. I'm, I'm using 12 with 11 of the tracks. Uh, so I've been working on that. Uh, I had some issues trying to find a vocalist. That was the biggest problem. I went through five different guys. So I've been working on that. I've, I've been, I've got like three different albums in the works and it's not something that I'm in any rush to get finished about, let's say end of April of 2022 my wife my wife's mom was having some health concerns and we made the decision to leave ohio and move to colorado to uh take care of her and in the oh god let me think here 10 months i've been here nine months i've been here i'm busier now than i was the entire five and a half years i was in ohio um still working on the albums i have actually pulled out some of the songwriting ideas that I was working on for the dollhouse um, prior to leaving the show. 
and started going through those and working on that. And in the last three months, um, I have a Shinedown tribute called Sound of Madness that um, we're getting a huge amount of interest and we are doing our first rehearsal in like three days. Um, and we're getting interest in Vegas, San Diego, Oregon, LA, New Mexico, Utah. I mean, we're, I mean, there are no tr- shinedown tributes. There's none because the guy's so hard to do his vocals properly. And then, Oh uh, God, what was it? Sunday. So four days ago, no, three days ago, I get asked to be involved uh, with this project through people I've met here uh, in the music scene here in uh, Colorado. Um, it's very close knit group of people out here. I mean, everybody supports everybody. Having said that everybody is in five bands. So, I mean, you could name my four bands and I can tell you right now that of those four bands, at least two guys and two guys are in each of those bands. So um, I got asked to be the rhythm guitarist to back up Jack Russell of Great White for a show on May 7th. And I have three weeks to learn the set, rehearse, and go do the show. And I found out today that when word got out about that, uh, we're doing the official announcement tomorrow, actually. But through the network out here, people found out about it. We're getting offers for shows, and this was just supposed to be a one-off deal. And Jack himself... We're still waiting to find out if he's actually going to do the show with us or not. That was the whole plan, but we f- I just found out that he's undergoing surgery soon, so it's hit and miss on this one. We might ju- he might just be at the it's, it's a celebrity s- singing competition, and uh, the singer for the Shinedown tribute is, is involved in this. He's one of the finalists. Uh, he might be doing the show with us. He's uh, I found out he's going probably next week coming out to the rehearsals to see how they're coming along. And on top of all that, I've been working with an Iron Maiden tribute since the second month I got here. So I've got three different bands I'm working with, as well as trying to get these albums done. And I'm also, I am working on my first Haunt song since 2017. I got hired to be a session musician for, oh God, Adam, I'm not going to get this guy's name right. And I apologize in advance. I believe it is called Dark Hollow Haunted World or something. I'll have to look it up again. Um, but they're in uh, Long Island. And I'm working on the, the song for their, the theme song for their uh, attraction. So, it, yeah, I've been pretty busy lately, which I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm actually excited about it. So, well, congratulations. That's a lot of, a lot of work for, <laughs> for not, I'm not doing anything and all of a sudden everything happens at once. I'm happy for you, man. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, Definitely, uh, okay, it is Dark Night Haunted World, ha- Dark, bleh, Dark Night Halloween World. That is the correct name of the attraction. Right. There we go. In uh, Long Island. So, is that the one Aiden is involved with? That is the one. Aiden Finnegan, who has been on the show. Yeah, we, we started the song last year, but because of schedules and me just moving, um, by the time he, by the time we were hoping to have the track done, we had just moved and I w- the studio hadn't been set back up and, or anything. So we decided we're going to put it on hold because there's no way either of us could commit to getting it done. And uh, so now uh, it's been reactivated and I've been working on it on, on my free time, whatever that is. And, uh, you know, it's, it's actually a really cool track. You know, I mean, 
it's a uh, pretty uh it's very different from what i normally do 80 synth uh kind of a little bit of you know the cramps uh Bauhaus, you know style but with a little bit a lot of 80s new wave synth in it and then we did two versions of it and you know with his main tracks and then he goes well make it do do a version in your style so i record i put down drums and record and bass some more guitar tracks and the version that version ended up being the one that we want that he wanted to move forward with i'm like here's the two options what do you want to do and the other the other one became it so you know they, it looks like we may release both versions as a single so you know, the first one sounds first one sounds like <laughs> goth post-punk so they wouldn't they wouldn't need me for that track i mean it sounds great as it is so it's been a very different change for me because like i said a lot of the guitar work that i'm doing is not what i normally play i don't own a gretch so i had to kind of improvise um uh with different guitars to try to get an interesting uh um interesting mix um his group actually has a name and they're called Scarlet Overdrive and the girl's name who is singing on her name is Hannah Mount. And yeah, it's total eighties digital synth recreations. And he's using a lot, using a lot of uh, vintage eighties gear to get that mm. vibe. And uh, it, it's just been a lot of fun to work on. Sounds like it. And yes, I'm reading notes. So <laughs> <laughs> Are you uh did were you did you get a chance to go out and see any of the uh haunts in uh Colorado this past mm-hmm. year? I know, you know, we've had Michael Edwards on from <clears throat> from Tearing the Corn out in Erie and and I know you're somewhere near, you know, some other good haunts. I mean, there's what isn't there a 13th floor in Denver and there's a the 13th floor. Yeah, Chris Chris's haunt. Um it was just unfortunately, I mean, I haven't been near a haunted attraction since 2018. I'd be honest with you because 2019 was the accident, then COVID blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So, and we got out here and I know where all of them are, but I, I was just so damn busy with working with the Iron Maiden tribute that every time I had a free moment, it's like, Oh, I got to rehearse. I got to do this. I got, um, you know, cause I'm their backup guitar player and their main, their regular guitarist um, was unavailable for, for, uh, here and there. So it's every time I turned around, it's like, I had to, had, you know, had something else I had to do, or I was helping out with it. You know, I'd, I've done a lot of filling work with some other different bands out here. And these are people who, you know, don't know me from Adam, right. but because, because of working with the maiden tribute, you know, my name started getting around and I'm like, I mean, I'm nobody, I'm just me, you know, I mean, you know, as, as Jim put it before the call, you know, I'm, I'm just the Billy goat. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, we want to, I definitely want to try to get in, you know, check some of that, especially considering that the Frightmare compound is literally eight minutes up the road from me. Cool. Jimmy, I know being in Ohio, you're in a little bit of a rural area, but you're kind of between Cincinnati and Columbus. Do you get out to, uh, any of the haunted attractions out there? Ohio is so rife with them, but I also can imagine that psycho charger and Jimmy psycho experiment are probably in high demand during the season. Yeah, I was just thinking when I was listening to, to Jerry talk about that. It, I, I might get out to like the one or two attractions during the during the Halloween season. Luckily, they they now everything kind of seems to start opening a little bit earlier, like sometime like in mid to late September, you know. But uh, but yeah, yeah, it, 
I like we have a big uh, amusement park out this way called King's Island, and they have a, a really great haunt attraction out there. That they you know they shut down the park at night, and then they open up all the the attractions, and they, but all the roller coasters and stuff are still going on, and that's a lot of fun. Um, but that one, and then uh, there's like a haunted hayride kind of thing out in uh out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, oh wait, Brims- is that Brimstone? Uh, yes, yes. It's it's where they do the uh the uh Renaissance yeah. Festival during the summer. And I, I I swear I meant to send you a picture of this, but and I mean literally in the middle of nowhere on a country road, yep. you see you'll see a sign that says haunt attraction ahead and uh i i i don't even know what how to describe but it's just like a 10 foot by 10 foot black box that sits on a uh trailer uh that sits like on a trailer that you like load hay on and uh the attraction is and on the side it just says the spook box and i don't know what goes on in there but the spook box yes and it's just a black box that sits on top of a, and and I guess there's a line of people that go to this attraction every season. You pay five bucks and you go inside this box. I don't know what happens, but but yeah, it's probably the weirdest, oddest thing in the middle of nowhere that just shows up. But allegedly, they get wow. like hundreds of people that come out there to see this thing. Yeah. Sounds fascinating. I do want to remind you all, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror special 11th anniversary edition with our special guest, Jimmy Psycho and former co-host Jerry Vane. We're going to take a very short break. We might have some surprises for you later on, but we'll be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror, our 11th anniversary spooktacular with our very special guest, former GoGa host Jerry Vane, Jimmy Psycho, and joining us, another very special guest who has been with us pretty much since day one. We knew him from the old podcast we worked at, If you listen to the Roundtable of Terror, you may be familiar with our theme song called Faux Elvis, composed by none other than the legendary Virgil Franklin, master of the ether muse, who is calling us somewhere in the wilds of Linton, Indiana. Virgil, it is so good to have you back on the show. Welcome. I'm thrilled to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to come and just chat with you guys. It's been a few uh yes i'm sitting right now in my beautiful red ford f-150 <laughs> the joy of redneck them <laughs> of which linton is reasonably famous for i'm assuming. right i'm assuming yes you're right so yeah no, have... i'm uh, go ahead I, I was just gonna say um 
being in Linton, Indiana, that does not defer you from scoring many, many musical compositions. You have, you are very well known in the haunt community for putting out a lot of haunt music over the last, I'm guessing, more than 20 years. Putting out, you know, Hillbilly Hell, Clown, uh, Dark Rave One, you know, so many cool ambient soundtracks. Your music is used all over the place with haunted attractions and you're still making music, which is pretty awesome. Right. Well, you know, it, it, I, I can't stop. <laughs> it's the affliction, isn't it, Jerry? <laughs> it's, the ro- it's the royalty checks. That's what's keeping us going. That's why I keep it going. <laughs> nine cents is nine cents person, man. I made $7 this year. Yeah. I'm going to clean up on Spotify. Let me tell you. I, I so, sit there and just play my Spotify on repeat constantly just so I can get five, a buck at the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I swear, I, I tried that. I, I I put a every day for like a month before I left for work, I would tell um, Alexa to play music by Psycho Charger. And I come home, it would still be playing. And I, <laughs> I think I've, I made a whopping dollar 96 or something. Ooh, <laughs> you got a pay increase. There it is. <laughs> amazing but no yeah we're still putting stuff out the last uh last product we put out a few years ago was uh there there were two right in a row halloween which is i think a, a really i'm not bragging on my stuff but that's some of the best stuff as far as haunt music is concerned that i put out i, I, I really disagree. like that I, I i ranked it up there with with uh your your first releases they're i mean neck and neck i mean that was a great album i i really enjoyed halloween and then and then dark rave was just like, you know, a concept album where I thought, you know, what would it be like if a bunch of zombies got together and had a hellacious party? Nice. And 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 that and that zombie was, proms out there. And and <laughs> yeah, so and, and it's all I mean, it's like I mean, put it put it anywhere with a sub and you've got instant dance floor filling stuff. So it's really, really fun. Fun stuff. Oh yeah, I just found you on Bandcamp. There you awesome. go. Start there putting it on repeat because he needs that dollar menu. <laughs> I think we, 50, I, man. I think we make it. more off a of band camp than we do Spotify. <laughs> I, 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 I fully agree. Yeah. Yeah. I get more direct sales off band camp and make more money off band camp than any other digital platform. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, went to my ba- co- I went that's to my band camp and I realized that. I went to my band camp recently. I forgot I even had it. I'm like, I haven't put anything up there since you know, bodies in the bayou. Oh crap. <laughs> get on it, Jerry. Yeah. I might get it down. I might get two bucks this year. Wow. You're so, falling behind the times. <laughs> you brought up movies. So yeah, I keep a lot, you know, busy, busy, busy. As far as like more, a lot of, there's a lot of great independent horror that's coming out. Horror, uh, coming out. Uh, and, and, uh, it's just, it's really nice to get the, the opportunity to do that stuff. Um, done, if you go on IMDb and type in virtual Franklin, you'll see, you know, we're kind of cruising up there with some stuff. I, I, I'm the bulk of my income as far as from music comes from, from movie work and, and sound design for movies. And it's just it's everything from direct to disc stuff. I did a couple, uh, did a couple of Christmas projects, which was kind of fun. Um, some animated stuff, um, just you know some PBS specials and just some trailer work and so you know it's I've I've been keeping musically pretty busy and of course 
I'm here at the University, Vincent's University, where I teach audio recording music production and uh, spend my days whiling away the hours in a quarter million dollar recording facility. It's tough, but somebody's got to do it. (laughs) I'm playing a small uh, violin right now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I know. know. My heart bleeds for you. There you uh, go. That's the name of my next album. (laughs) My heart bleeds. Would that would that studio would that studio be where you recorded the soundtrack to that classic masterpiece Piranaconda? Yeah, that classic (laughs) masterpiece Piranaconda was recorded, you know, in a a makeshift studio in South Linton between two railroad tracks. And uh, (laughs) yeah, but I'm going to tell you something. I, uh, uh, you know, we we giggle about that 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 silly piece of uh, movie architecture, but. That thing made me some bang, so I got, I got nothing. I got nothing bad to say about that. Uh, you know, you know. It, it, well, hey, man, some, uh, somebody's got to keep you in beard cream and beard oil. That is a mighty impressive mane you're sporting right there, sir. That's a, I haven't that's seen a, you in a couple of years, and and good lord, I hope you have a Santa suit because I hope he's, also clear up his, his wife well, wipes I, her feet off on the damn thing. <laughs> that's a doormat. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, I know if I if I were to lose twenty pounds real quick and just trim my beard out, that'd be that'd be better. <laughs> Mine just jumped off my head and landed on my back. <laughs> oh, oh, talking about that, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> wow, we go from music like- music to beard care. God forbid. <laughs> yeah, a, dude, no, no. Seriously, in all honesty, you know, you guys, everybody on this on the show looks to be facially. Uh, 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 follically unchallenged. Um, <laughs> uh, for Jimmy. Not, not, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, but, but it is, it's really weird, man. I'll be like walking across campus and like some other kid, you know, a dude will be, you know, with the beard will stop me and we'll just stop and look at each other and he'll go, dude, great beard. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that. And then we're ball. like, it's it's so weird, and then they start talking. It's like, dude, what are you using on this? Like, yeah, honest Amish, yeah, yeah, I've tried that. <laughs> it's so weird, man. Can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> <laughs> I had to buy a beer comb just so I'd have lunch later. <laughs> oh, oh, that's awful. Yeah, you know something. Um, there actually is somebody on the show right now who is follically challenged because she's a woman. Oh, okay. John, hey, hey, don't be so sure. Menopause is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so much. That's funny. I was, I was wondering about that low T thing, but eh, anyway. <laughs> so, Virgil, you have been with the show. Pretty much since the beginning. I mean, we met you when we were working with the old show. That's how I got introduced to your music. And then when we started the show, you kind of came to us and said, hey, I got some music for you. And this kind of turned into the Roundtable of Terror's theme stuff. So so what do you think? You know, you've been, I assume you occasionally listen to the show, at least I'm hoping. But, um, you know, I do. How, um, you know. What are your thoughts on 11 freaking years we've been doing this dopey podcast and and it's just been a lot of fun. We play your music a lot as as well as the other guests and you know, it's just it's been a crazy ride. 
the thing that amazes me is 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 and, and Jerry alluded to this when Jerry and I first kind of got introduced to each other on another show. Um, and uh, I remember he said words to this effect: "For as big an industry as it is, it's very small." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 the beautiful thing about you know your show and our industry that even though I'm not horribly active in uh, these days because, you know, I have a teaching and trying to create little mini me's out there that, that produce music just as nuts as mine. Uh, and, uh, but it, it's, what's really fun is that we can go back and look at this and go, you know, this has been a great ride. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, life is a seasonal thing, I think. Uh, and, uh, and we're still, I, I still look back on all all that music and all that fun uh, as just some of the uh, some of the most enriching times of my life. And I had the most fun and the, and the, and the most joy and and the most creativity that ever happened was uh, associated with this show and this industry. So yeah, it's it's been it's been crazy. Uh, we've all been at this far too long, <laughs> and we must love it because it sure as hell doesn't pay the rant. Nope. <laughs> So, so you know, doesn't even pay, as, as, doesn't even pay my gas bill. I'm not even. I'm not sure there are any haunt musicians that actually. Well, maybe one, uh, but <laughs> they make enough to make their house payment. But uh, uh, you know, you it's a love. It's a deep and abiding love for all things spooky. Well, I mean, we we you know you, you like you just mentioned. You know, we don't make money off of doing this, and I and I'm not going to speak for Ed and Gavin, but the two of them have other projects going on as well. It's because we love doing music, right? That's that's the thing, and I, I and I you know I I stepped away from the industry for two years after my dad died because I just needed to step away. Yeah, you know, I, I need I needed to, I needed to to, re- to refocus, and I'm I'm not. I'm going to be very blunt right here talking to you, talking to Jimmy and, you know, you know, you and I collaborated on a um, epilogue uh, for one track and Jimmy and I have discussed about doing the cramp ass. Um, (laughs) And it it made me, it it made me realize that I do miss this. I do miss doing music for haunts. Will I jump back in with both feet? No, but God damn, it's going to be a lot of fun trying to see what I can come up with. Well, and see, that's the thing too. It's like, I just, I get bit with the bug every now and again. I'll come out with the album Halloween's example, you know, um, dark rave one dark rave two is in, is in, uh, in the, uh, in the, uh, files on my computer in Ableton. So, you know, there's just a lot, a, a lot of stuff just kind of percolating there. And, and I've, I've toyed with the idea of getting back in, but you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think, I think there, there's, I don't know that I'll get back in with the veracity that I once did, you know, the, the, during the, you know, the 2000, you know, from 1999 on out where we were Mm -hmm. just about every trade show shaking it down and having a great time. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I think, I don't think those days are gone but I certainly think they are amended to some degree and and what, Mm -hmm. what, what will, (laughs) what we're willing, what we're willing to put, but there's other things we got going on in our world, man. Mm -hmm. But I do miss haunt music and I will keep writing spooky stuff until the, you know, they, you know, I, I assume room temperature 
and at that point, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you say that you know life weigh you know weighs you down. I think it's your beard. That's what weighs you down. That's why you haven't got anything new out. I I know I I'm really I enjoy. I would be a, a I would be a liar to say that I, I I absolutely enjoy where I'm at right now. You know, I'm being around kids, creating music, uh, their influence. Honestly, you know, if you want to get you want to get turned on to some just great crazy music, hang out with a bunch of audio production kids. They will flat turn you on on to stuff that you couldn't even fathom, and uh, it, it's it's beautiful that they and they dig that and and. My students, when they when they start the program, man, they'll start they'll start like stalking out, you know, looking on, you know, looking through Google and finding my stuff. They're like, "Oh my God, you wrote this! Oh my God, this is so cool! Oh my God, yeah!" <laughs> and, awesome. and that and, and half the fun of it is just turning on these kids. And what's fun, what's been great here in the past few years uh, is there's some some uh, some uh, haunted attractions here locally, uh, some escape houses and stuff. And I've had students that have come up to me and said, how do I think about it? How do I do this? How do I theme this room? What do I do here? How do I, and, and, and they'll start writing content for these haunts. And it's like, like I told you, the biggest thing for me right now is kind of replicating myself out there amongst the masses and having all these, everybody under the age of 30 is a kid, by the way, and all these kids <laughs> uh, right. uh, just coming up with all this great stuff. And, you know, and, and, and that for me is, that's where I'm at right now. And to me, that is immensely, immensely enjoyable. And, uh, you know, if they, if they go put out some, some shit that just blows my mind so much the better, you know, and if they make yeah, a living yeah. at it, great, great, just as long as they, and, and they know, they know there's like, you know, do you love it? Then go do it. It's that simple. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you, if you, did we lose him? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. It got quiet. But then. <laughs> I, I no, agree. I just, I just stopped. I agree. Um, my uh, my stepson stayed with us over the holidays, uh, you know, Christmas and New Year's, and he's a guitar player as well. He plays piano. He's self taught. He's really really good. And he actually just joined his first band recently. Wow! And uh, when he was out here, you know, he was you know he was he split time between staying with us and staying with his grandmother. And when he was staying with us the last few days before he left, I set up my studio and he was telling me, but yeah, there's this song that I heard that, you know, there's no guitars in it, but I really like the, you know, I've got all these ideas. And I walked in, you know, we were having dinner and I went into the studio and I set everything up, got a, got a template set up for him and said, what's the name of the song? And he told me and I pulled it up and put it in the computer and I handed him, I said, pick a guitar. Plugged it in. I said, "This is how. This is you know. Here's the record button. You know, it showed him what he needed to do, and then I shut the door, left the room, and shut the door. And the the entire next day, the entire that the rest of the evening and the entire next day, he recorded guitar parts. And he, if he had a question, he came, you know, would ask me to, you know, for some help, and I'd show him how to figure things out in in my setup and everything. I know how to get different guitar tones. And when I said, "Let me know when you're done," and when he was done, uh, he goes, "Okay, I'm. I, I got home from work. He goes, I'm done." I'm like, all right. So I sat here and listened to it. I mean, this track was just to me, because I'm an old man, it's just noise. Yeah. But when I listened to what he was trying to do, I sat there and just kind of started tweaking things and threw a harmonizer on some parts. And, you know, between the two of us, he recorded his very first demo. And, and see, that that's to <clears> me, <throat> here's what the Honda industry did for me. The Honda industry 
embraced what I was doing, gave it legitimacy. This is what you just did. You did this for this kid. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it embraced me. It gave what I was doing. I didn't feel like, you know, that I was doing anything awful, that I was doing something that somebody found worth in and, 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 and loved and, you know, and became fans, of, you know, became a fan of. So I think that's what we need to, I think as the old people <laughs> in the industry, I think it behooves us to be those people that go, yeah, you know, dude, yeah, you, you know, write something, you know, that no one else writes. Be creative. You know? mm-hmm. Be creative. Be mm-hmm. a, yeah, exactly. Don't be I afraid mean, to be. You look at Jimmy's, like with Jimmy, you look at Psychotizer and you look at, at his, uh, at the Jimmy, oh my God, the name of Jimmy Psycho Experiment, and they're completely different. Right. You look at your stuff, and it's completely, you know, between the rave stuff and your the atmosphere tracks that you did and your regular stuff, compl- each one's completely different. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, the, I, the, growth, I, the growth and everything is become so evident. And to have other musicians come up and go and ask, how can I do that? You know, right, and that and that's so cool, yeah. Right, and that's the thing I like about both your guys' music is I can sit there and listen to it and almost develop, for a better way to put, uh, uh, you know, I can see in my head oh how you know Jimmy came up with this idea for Psycho Charger, and then I can put on hit you know the the Jimmy Psycho experiment and I go okay where now look what was his state of mind when he did this one I don't want right. to get too psycho psychoanalogical on this thing but you I mean it just it, it, it you sit there and listen to it and go wow what was he thinking when he came up with that and that's the same thing with like with your atmospheres and the dark rave it's right. like I couldn't write anything like that it's not you know but I never tried and, you know and right, to, right you know I mean with my stuff I've always tried to have that that orchestral stuff in my music, but I didn't have the technology or anything like that to get that. So I would create guitar pads and you know string sample, you know, to get that guitar orchestra, if you want to call it a better for a better word, to try right. to get that into my stuff. And by the when you know by the time I got to Circus of Nightmares, and then eventually with Black Moon, I finally was able to get what was up here into here. You know, and on, I think, on, onto yeah. tape, so to speak. And it's and it's your it's, it's everything's about you know getting what's in your head to come out the speakers. That, Whether it's that, crap or otherwise. Well, I mean, and 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 you're you're gonna have like twenty dogs to a winner, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> you know. And it's so, and that's and look, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the greatest chefs, the greatest chefs, you know, you know, cook stuff that people wouldn't want to wrap their lips around, you know, and end up in the trash, you know? So, I mean, (laughs) Beethoven, one of the things I I love about, you know, going back to our, you know, not the dog, the composer, Beethoven, if you look at his scores, they're full of scribbles. The dude, the dude (laughs) made, he, he had, he made mistake after mistake after mistake. And he was a genius. So it's just like, you know, if Beethoven, you know, screws up, Hell, I guess it's okay by me, you know. So well, right, right, yeah. And it that's the thing. You know, like the thing about music is, you know, you got three minute song, but there's like hundreds of hours behind each song of trial and error, a, a lot of cussing, you know, dumb stuff, luck. Stuff, and, and and that's just it. It's so uh, 
uh, stuff, your know, equipment not working, you know. Oh, and then, perfect. And then you got, then you got like, like you said, dumb luck where you say, oh, let me just try this sound, and then, and then that's like that's where the magic in music is, right? It just kind of like when it all just hits, it's like making something out of nothing, and then there it is, you know. Yeah, uh, well, a happy act, a happy accident becomes a, a an amazing idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're right. And, you're right. And it can take it in a whole other direction than what you might have originally had in mind, you know. And some of the inspiration that you get from things can come from just the strangest sources. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. I mean I mean and, and you know, everybody sits there and makes the joke, oh I wrote that on the crapper. But the <laughs> truth the truth is is that some of my strangest ideas or strangest to me, but people really like have come like when I'm doing the dishes, right? You know, yeah. or I'm taking, I'm outside with the dog. I mean, I, the, yeah. I've lost count how many times when I was right working on black moon that I'd go running past Don up to the studio because I had an idea or I'd be mm-hmm. sitting there and see, I'd be watching uh, this. This happened recently. Actually, I, I was watching ER and I literally got up and paused the show, got up and came in here, grabbed my guitar and my phone hit record, wrote something, came back out, sat down like nothing ever happened. And that right. song, that track, and is in, is on the album I'm working on right now. The George Clooney effect. No, exactly. the, he, he, the, no, he wasn't in the show then. <laughs> he had already moved. The Eric Lasalle effect. <clears throat> no, he was gone too. This was season ten. <laughs> I don't even know who was. Like we were. It was, yeah, we're sucking ass now. Um, <laughs> anyway. Listen. At the end of the day, though, one one of the one of the coolest things about music is that you know, not getting metaphysical or anything, but it, it's it's that it's that thing we can't we can't truly put our finger on and say this is good, this is bad. I'm not going to use this when all of it just kind of comes to you, like you know. And I I, I remember uh, I was talking with Harry Manfredini about this, and Harry was really really inspirational to me on the way he, he thought of music. He said. They're just all naughty children. All these, all these melodies that come to me—they're just naughty children. And I've got to—I got to make them mind. You know, I got to make them mind. Or if they're going to be naughty, I want them to be the best. You know, you know, get every ounce of naughtiness out of you. Know, these little mean little children. And and you know, and there's something to be said for that. It's just like I—I, I, you know, weird personal experience uh, where inspiration. Um, there was stuff on on into the ether, which was a response to out ether, which is kind of in and out thing. Anyway, um, but I remember waking up from a dead sleep, three a.m. and the, and it was there, the all of it, all that one. I can't remember which song. I think it was something. I don't know. I'll have to look it up in the album. But but it's like it was there, incomplete. It was the whole dang thing. Everything was there. I woke up and the song was playing in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I I got up. I went mm-hmm. to the studio. Mm-hmm. I sat down, pulled up Pro Tools, dropped in the first line, second line harmony. This da, 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 da. here's the B section. Da, da. <laughs> An hour later, I had it mapped out. And it's just like it's cr- music is nuts like that. Who can explain mm-hmm. that one? Mm-hmm. I mean that is. Mm-hmm. I mean your brain just goes hey. You're you're in the right frame of mind or at a frame of mind at all. You and, and I think it would be egotistical for me to even say that I come up with any of this stuff. I think I just happen to be in the right state of mind and you know, universe God, whatever. It just drops it in your lap and you go, Oh wow, this thing I wow, this 
I don't think I've heard this melody. Let me write mm-hmm. it down. And it's really cool that way. With movies, it's like that too, because I mean, you're responding to, you're, you're put in a zone. I worked on the movie for a uh, Rutledge production called Ocularis. And it was all about, it was a, basically like an alien uh, invasion thing, but all the aliens were symbiotes that got into your eyes and ate your brain. It was really fun stuff. Anyway. So, so I, I, all I had to do is watch the movie and it just, you know, it was just, it was, it sucked me in and then it showed me what I had to write. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. It's like the movie actually showed me what I needed to write to make it work. And it's just, I, I didn't have, there was no, there's no amount of music theory training and degrees and all that crap that can show you how to do that. Mm-hmm. It just, it just happens. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so doggone cool about music is you can, you can study it and you can try to contain it. You can try to figure it out and analyze, but at the end of the day, it'll be its own thing and it'll, and, and not, not, not trying to be oblique here, but it's like, it will do what it darn well wants to do with mm-hmm. you <laughs> and you're its little personal slave and you'll, and it'll do, it'll do, it'll take you and, and take you places that you never thought you'd go. Well, I got asked a couple of years ago, um, this was, uh, beginning of 2022, um, I was asked to collaborate on a track that was going to be used possibly for a TV show. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a show, it, it was a show about jousting, you know, about yeah. real life jousting. Wow. And they sent me the original, uh, the guy that I was, uh, collaborating with, his name was Tom Klein, uh, in, uh, out in Cincinnati and great musician, great singer, great guy. And he contacted me about it and, he sent me his, the demo for it and it was very low tech. You know, he wrote the whole thing on a, on a cheap little $50 keyboard and it sounded like it. And he, so he sent me it and he goes, he goes, here's a, here's a link to the show. You know, so you can get an idea of what it's about. And so I'm sitting there watching it and, you know, watching the clip and, you know, I, I had come home. I had, you know, told my wife about it. Um, uh, when I got asked about it earlier in the day and I came home from work and she was still working and I went upstairs and by the time she got off work and, you know, came up to say hi, I had written the entire song. Yeah. And I mean, it complete with timbali and harpsichord and, um, you know, I mean, it was, you know, I think I got, I think just the intro alone was 32 tracks. Yeah. of different or instrumentation that I have never, yeah. I mean, I sat there with my key, with my Yamaha keyboard and went through every single woodwind and, you know, instrument that's on there timbali, yeah. and, and just started layering things as it was coming out of my head. And about two hours later, I sent, I, I sent him a text and said, check your email. And he called me like three minutes. Cause the track was only like three minutes long. Not even that. He called me. He goes, and he goes, dude, 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 <laughs> and I'm like, I'm all what, what, what? And he goes, I don't even recognize the song. He goes, I mean, he was, you got took everything that was in my song because he sent me all the stems. He goes, and then you just took pieces here that sounded and I mean, just wrote this whole song around it. And he goes, and he said, we sent it to the producer, and the guy put it, you know, contacted us via FaceTime, and he's like. Holy shit. Oh, shoot. Excuse me. Bleep that out. Um, <laughs> he goes, 
th- this is exactly what we wanted. Unfortunately, right. the show never happened. And him and I have talked about taking the track and actually doing something with it, change the lyrics. And But I mean, this whole thing, I watched a 30 second clip of this show and wrote a three minute song off of it. And I mean, I don't think I've ever written a track that fast in my life. And, and see, that's the beautiful thing. It's like nobody, you know, I'm an edumacator. And, and, you know, I'm all, I, I think that it's great for people to learn how to color in the lines and learn how to do, I mean, and whatever fast, one of the beautiful things I will say about like, uh, I'll say Midwest Haunters, it was, was the fact that it was so driven towards education and, and, you know, getting people's skill sets built up and stuff. Like that. The haunt community in general was always about that. And I'm all about learning and stuff, but there are simply some things specific to music you can't teach anybody. Mm-hmm. It just has to, it has to make itself known to you. Again, mm-hmm. not trying to be metaphysical, but mm-hmm. it really does. It has to let, it has to let you know what its intentions are. And that's kind of weird to think about music as its own thing, but it really, I mean, I've been involved in music since I was 11 years old and I'm 50, going to be 59 this week. And 35. I'm like, <laughs> you know, yeah, 35 years old. You know, it's a darn long time to do anything, but I'm telling you, it's, it's uh, the, the haunt, like I said, the haunt industry for me and this show in particular has, has been a great venue for me to, mm-hmm. to just get to, uh, get to hang out with friends and, 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 uh, and listen and learn and, and have a good time. Uh, and be, as you said, you know, be creative, be creative. 11 well, years. Good Lord. When I listen to Jimmy's stuff, it's like, I, I mean, and now that since you're in front of me, so to speak, it's like, where do you, where does this inspiration come from for, for such different styles? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, that question comes up, you know, what it was, was, uh, you know, after years of playing with Psychocharger, where the music is like really loud and concussive, uh, I, I realized I was listening to like a lot on my free time. I was listening to like a lot like jazz or like mellow music, right? And so I remember growing up, like I started listening to like a lot of like lounge music. Like, oh, this is pretty cool. And I remember growing up a uh, many years ago, Devo put out like a Muzak version of all their music. So I kind of go, well, maybe kind of fun to do like a lounge versions of psychocharger songs, you know, kind of like Devo did, but it didn't quite work out. I, I couldn't figure it out. So I just kind of just started experimenting with thus the name Jimmy psycho experiment. Uh, I just kind of like start off doing like, you know, horror stuff, you know, horror movie themes, like lounge versions of those things. They just kind of took off from there. So it's just something just to kind of, and plus, you know, as we we're talking about like getting older, it's a lot easier to work when you're by yourself instead of like trying to get five or six other guys together to to play a show together sometimes, or even even practice, you know. So uh, that was also part of it. So yeah, that's kind of like where it all kind of came from. Well, it was funny because I was uh, we went to a local tiki bar here in town called Adrift, and this song comes on, and I'm like, "Who the hell is this?" And I go and picked up. Uh, my phone and put it in through um, Shazam, and it was Psycho Sweet. Oh, no kidding! Really, Far playing out, yeah. at a tiki, playing at a tiki bar. Oh, that's awesome, man! Very and I'm cool. just and I'm and I meant to I meant to text you at the time, but we were actually you know we were just getting our drinks and food and everything, and it. But yeah, it was Psycho Sweet. Uh, I'm like, oh my god, look at you, you legitimate emifer. 
<laughs> that's awesome. That very very cool. So that's good to know. And that that's the thing about the experiment. You know, it, it, I I I can do it. I do it as a three piece or do it as a one man thing. And uh, it's gotten me into like a lot of places where like a full band can't get into. You know. <laughs> So it's it's kind of like expanded my, the reach a little bit, yeah. That was one of the problems with when I got asked to do my stuff live. Um, I you know, a lot of the earlier albums, I wrote the songs in pieces, and not all of them were in the same tuning in one in the same song. Oh. So I you know I'd be you know one part would be in standard tuning, but the next part would be in you know drop D. You know what? You know, I had one song, drop D minor. I tuned the guitar in, in drop D minor and, and did the cording off of that. And there's no way in hell I could have done these songs live because I, one, I can't remember how the hell I played them. And, you know, <laughs> right, and, right. But, you know, I mean, I think Black Moon, yeah, but the last two albums, Black Moon and, and uh, Circus and Nightmares, were the only two albums that were actually written in a, the tuning, the guitar's tuning for the entire song. I had to purposely remind myself not to keep changing the tunings for the middles of, you know, in different sections of the song. Right. Right. So yeah. How, how yeah. Like how, how, how would you recreate that live? Right. Right. Those, I, yeah. I, I, you know, it's like the, with the, the whole industry going, you know, going wacky about using backing tracks and everything, which is something I'm, I try, you know, with one of the band I'm working with right now, we're trying not to do backing tracks for the shine down tribute, but unfortunately there are just parts of the songs that we have to. If we're trying mm-hmm. to be faithful to the music, we have to do it. Now, my bass player plays keyboards as well, and he's going to program some of the stuff. He can just reach over and hit a nut, hit a key, and off it goes. But I, I didn't want to, you know, if I was going to try to do these songs live, it, it, I'm sorry, just a guy up there with a guitar playing to a laptop bores me to tears. Right. Now, yeah. with what you but with what you do, you make a show out of it. Yeah, I've exactly. Watched, I've watched clips yeah. of you on YouTube. It seems like every time you were in Vegas, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm surprised we never ran into each other. I, I mean, seriously, yeah. every time you came into town, either I was out of town or I had something else going on. And I think one of the nights I was playing till like one in the one thirty in the morning. You were already done and left. Oh and you yeah, were play, you you were playing at um at uh, the Golden Tiki. The Golden Tiki, yeah. I and remember I came, in touch, yeah. Yeah, and I came over afterwards. You were you had just left like ten minutes earlier. I'm like, well, damn it all. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. The one time we'll figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, but <laughs> but I, I know what you're saying though, like like recreating something like uh, I have this this one of the things I worked on a couple years ago was was this thing called the Black Goat Up- Uprising, and basically what it was is I was living in Hollywood, and is the thing where hey, I want you to write music for a, a film I'm doing. I go, okay, well, what are you looking for? You know, he's like, oh, you know, something, you know, real heavy, abstract, atmospheric, like David Lynch. So I just laid down a bunch of random guitar tracks and a lot of improvised. And of course the movie never got made, but I go, there's, there's just no way I could do this live because a lot of it was improvised anyway. So who, who knows? But uh, I mean, there's a couple of places out here that, I mean, there's one called a uh, place called hell or high water. Um, I think, if you were to book something there, that would be, All right. I mean, it would fit perfectly. We, we have a place out here called the brutal poodle. Uh huh. And it is a metal gastro pub. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And I mean, all the artwork is different, you know, I mean, there's like different kiss members as poodles. 
you know, and, and Iron Maiden and, you know, all the, you know, Iron, Eddie from Iron Maiden as a poodle. And it's a, it's a metal, metal, death metal, punk rock gastropub. The food is amazing. We took my wife's mom there and uh-huh. you can't hear yourself think in this place. <laughs> she loved it. I mean, but seriously, I mean, you know, there are some places out here that, you know, would totally, you know, if you booked, booked yourself there to play there, it'd be packed. I'll, I'll reach out then. I'll, 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 I'll scope some of those places out. I got yeah. some family that live out there now too. So it'd be good to tie that in with a couple shows, you know, and yeah. explore it. And, and plus, you know, music, it, you know, it's a great way to, it's a great vehicle for travel, right? You can kind mm-hmm. of roll into a town and if you got some time to look around and, hang out with people and, and check out like some of the places around it. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, I'd be totally down to come out, out that way sometime. Cuckoo and Badger's waiting to jump in. <laughs> Am I? Oh, I, okay. <laughs> Let's see. Um, looking at the clock, um, we probably do have to start winding down just a little bit. So are there any questions from the hosts at this point? I have one. I would like to know what your definition of good haunt music is. Hmm. Jimmy, you go first. Oh, Lord. No, uh, that's not it. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> is this pause going to be edited out? <laughs> Let's see. Um, uh, the music I like is like something, especially haunt music. It, it's, you know, the, the sound and everything, but it, I think it, it is something that you can feel. And really evoke some kind of like emotion within you, mm-hmm. um, you know, like something that where it kind of stirs you in, and, and almost to a point where if you like sit and listen to the, the, the music, it, it'll kind of like you'll find like the groove deep within it, and it, it just kind of hypnotizes you. And, and and being a musician, I think that's that's probably why I feel that way. If I can find like a hook in there, even if it's just like like the music from that movie, the witch, right. It, a lot of it's just like this kind of this like droning kind of thing. But if you feel it, 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 it just sucks you right in. So that that's kind of like the, the, my, my take on like what, what I like about haunt music or horror music. Uh, that's my input. <laughs> that, that I have to agree that, with the, what you said about the witch, that that's the thing that caught me the most is that the music was tied in so well with what was going on in the movie, even if it was, you know, just a low one drone, low droning note. Right. It, it, was, know, it was, yeah, it was sparse, but it, it just pulled you in. Right. It just, it is. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. In the case of haunt music, um, it music, you know, cause you know, with, with Virgil and my, you know, myself and, you know, midnight syndicate shadow symphony and, and the like, you know, verse 13 and all them, the music has to have an emotional response. If it's being used in a haunt has to have an emotional response to the listener, to the surroundings of what's going on, whether it be walking down the hallway or in a certain room or even in the queue line, you know, mm-hmm. the energy of the track is what enhances in to me, enhances the overall experience because, you know, I, from my personal experience going into a haunted attraction, if I'm walking through there and there's nothing going on, you can hear the going on from the, from the, uh, you know, from all the, uh, the the props and everything, pneumatics, it ruins the feel. 
it, you know, when you get into a room that, you know, if you've got a psycho clown room and it's set up to be clowns jumping out and everything, you want that chaoticness to emulate. That's why I think, you know, a lot of uh, Virgil's clown music works so perfectly for that, you know, and some of my stuff, I got people tell me, oh, I use it for this room and I'm going, I wouldn't, that was not what I had in mind, but it works. You know, and if the music has to reflect the surroundings and and take tie in with that to create an emotional emotional response, not just in your you know to the listening to your ears, but to your psych the psychological aspect as well. If if you can get if you can tie all that together with what you're writing, whether it be a three minute track or thirty seconds. And you have made an impression on that person, on the listener, then you've got something golden, you know, you've got something there. And that's what I think Jimmy and myself and Virgil, we've been fortunate enough that whatever we're doing, whether how, you know, how we may not think, oh, this isn't the best I've done. Somebody, you know, something like the saying goes, somebody's crap is another one's fortune. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I have one person go, dude, that one track, you know, that one track, and, and in the case, it was, um, oh, God, it was Feast off of the first album. He goes, that uh, that one track just totally made a difference to my, ro- to my room, you know, and that makes it all worthwhile. You know, I mean, I still get haunts registering for using my music, and that blows my mind that mm-hmm. people still to this day are buying my stuff and sending, I get them, I get the occasional message. Hey dude, I heard your stuff at such and such haunted attraction. And that was the best part of the whole thing. That's very humbling to, you know, because I may, you know, you, I may be sitting here and not, you know, not even thinking about music. And then I get that message. It's like, okay, wow. That just made my whole day. That made, that just made all the hard work and the cursing and, you know, the, the yeah. hard drives crashing and all that, you know, all that, you know, you know, I'm almost done, almost there. And then I break a string, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes mm-hmm. it all worthwhile. And, and it's stuff like that that makes me go, you know, maybe, I, maybe I should do another album. You, you know, know, I think the, in, in that, in that sense too, I think the biggest litmus test of successful haunt music is if it resounds with the actors, you know, when, when <laughs> the a- actors are out there for like six hours a night, and they're still grooving to the music, and they're you know they're just into it because it fits the scene, it fits the character, and it, it energizes them. Then you definitely know you got the right combination, and a good piece is in there too. Very true. Very very true. That that, that is that. And I you know when I worked with Jim with Maul uh, back in 2017, 2018, I have to I totally agree with that because the music that is being played in whatever scene you're working in or anything that's going to make or break what, how you're going to be as an actor. You know, it never occurred to me until I actually did it, you know, and to have that music being piped out through speakers and everything that helps set the tone for everything. And that's the beauty of music. Mm-hmm. It can set the tone for happy, sad, scared, elated, you know, everything. You know, you know, a lot of people don't say, oh, well, music's just music. No, music is the heartbeat of a lot of things, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And the other neat part is, too, that it, it, 
the music can fall into any part of the creative process. There have been times mm-hmm. when we've built, you know, scenes or even entire themes around a music piece and worked off is it. And then there are times when we've done a light check and go, this is missing something, change the music and boom, it's, it's what we want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten, I've seen videos in the past uh, from different haunts, you know, Hey, it's build season right now. And da, 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 da. And I listen, I'm watching the video. I'm like, Oh, what's that playing in the background? And I realized it was me. Yeah. And, and, I I mean, yeah. and Jerry, I know definitely, uh, with your music, there've been haunts, which change it in the middle of their season. They've had whatever they had in there before, you know, you know, Wolfman, Jack, Halloween house or whatever. <laughs> and they switch it up with what you got. And it's like an entirely different haunt. And then they see the difference, even in attendance. Uh, that's, I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, what was it? A hundred acres manor when they, they, I mean, you know, and plus, uh, um, the haunt that you were at, uh, the, the, that you were working at, you were one of the first ones to register that you were using my music and I, and I'm forever grateful for that, but haunt kingdom, you know, I was talking to their owner and you know, he, you know, he, he sent me a list of what they use for the season. There was, Two Midnight Syndicate tracks, two Virgil tracks, one Knox Arcana track, and the rest of the music was mine. And I'm like, is this okay? You're seriously pulling my leg here. He goes, No, I'm serious. Now, granted, a lot of that music was in the queue line, but people, I started getting, when they started using my music, I don't want to use the term exclusively for queue, but when they started using the queue line, I'm getting messages from people through my Facebook page and my website. Hey, I heard you at hundred days matter while I was waiting in line. Your stuff. Awesome. Where can, you know, are you on iTunes? Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, they were getting so many people, you know, asking about the music that they turned around and hired me to do their theme song, which they're still using to this day. Oh, nice. We had so many people ask you about our music at the Hayride. I had to make a promotional <laughs> banner for you using a, a Staples promo. I still have the promo of that, yeah. I mean, the, the photo of that, yeah. You had a bass guitar on it. <laughs> so where does the future of haunt music go from here? I mean, you know, back in the day when we were all, you know, young doing this, we were acting or we were, you know, just getting started in the podcasting thing. Like you said, there was Midnight Syndicate, there was Virgil Franklin, there was Sinister Symphony, there was Verse 13, there was Gathering of Darkness, Knox Arcana. There wasn't a lot of else, else out there. But now mm. it seems so many people have gotten into doing quote-unquote haunt music. I mean, is, is it going, do you guys think that it's going to be, you know, most haunts are just going to do their own stuff in-house? Are they still coming to you guys seeking permission and uh, like you say, registering for your stuff? I assume, you know, you guys are always going to be big players in the game because you've been around for so long. But but do you think that the evolution of haunt music is changing and will continue to change in the future and how? It's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of haunts, you know, from my perspective, once they find something with that works, that's what they stick with. But then, like you said, there are others that I mean, if anybody, you know, if you've got GarageBand, you can create. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you know, I, 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 I think maybe some of these haunts will, like you just said, will probably have like in-house guy, you know, because there's because there's so many people doing it now. Every 
every city will have somebody that that they can that a haunt can tap maybe to bring in and say mm-hmm. this is what we have and they then they can work with them face to face and and you know fine tune it and gear it to what they're looking for as opposed to like something that's already recorded to go oh this is great hey we want to sound like Jerry Vane you know or you know you know, you know, you know so like I th- I think like Jerry and Virgil stuff is, is really inspirational to like a lot of people and I, I think I think like that's the template, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like where it all started, and and I think people will try to expand on that and uh, be influenced by it in, in, in the years to come. I mean, there are so many talented musicians out there that don't have a vehicle for what they do, and like with the with like with my stuff. I mean, my stuff started off of a badly recorded MP3 of the Haunted Mansion theme with some guitars over it. That's where this whole thing started from, you know, and like, you know, like Jimmy said, you know, these guys have, you know, a lot of these haunts now have, you know, you know, musicians that work there. Hey, let's see what you can come up with. And yeah, I mean, Midnight Syndicate was, is the godfather of the industry. Yes. I mean, you can't, you know, you can do everything you want, but they were the ones that started this whole train and, you know, like in the case of this track that I'm working on for Dark Knight Halloween World, you know, they we, we're in house, we're going to create our own music. And then, then I get this email out of blue hit, would you play on our song? That's the missing link. And, you know, he told me flat out, I want a Jerry Vane feel on my track, but I'm not Jerry Vane. So he contacted me. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. I mean, and I, I was flattered. Because you know to to, be, to have somebody tell me, well, I wanted it to sound like you, but I don't sound like you. So the way I can get this track to sound like you is to have you do it. Th- that was very humbling, because mm-hmm. it came at a time where, for a better way of putting it, I was lost musically what I wanted to do. And when I originally got asked to do it, I didn't want to do the track. I had distanced myself from the industry for you know I needed to, and then that doing that track has set the wheels slowly in motion to oh, maybe I'll try something, you know, work on something new or in, instead of doing a haunt album, do something haunt related, haunt themed, but different, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm not going to say I'm going to turn, you know, do a psycho charger style album. I can't top that. Jimmy's got that niche. That's him, <laughs> you know, same with, same with his lounge, lounge lizard, uh, lounge lizard music, you know, which is what I call it. <laughs> you know, I can't top that, but it'd be sure as hell fun to try. You know, it, it's it's always, a, you know, every time you write something, and this is something that even my stepson, when he was working on his demo in my studio, the whole point is to push. And see what you can come up. Oh, that idea is stupid. How do you know it's stupid? You didn't try it. And that's the beauty of being able to do this. And that's the beauty of having all these other musicians that work at Haunt. Oh, I can't do that. Well, have you tried? What's stopping you? You're stopping you, not me, not Virgil, not Midnight Snicket, not Jimmy. You're stopping yourself. You're the only one that's going to be able to know if that's going to work or not. And that's the beauty of music is being able to, until you take that step, who knows what's going to happen. I took that step in 2006. Mm-hmm. And look what happened. I, I yeah. didn't see this coming at all. 
And it's yeah, very yeah. humbling. Yeah. And, and it will be very interesting to see, you know, now that like, like you just said, if you got garage band, you can create something. So, right. So who knows what, what people are going to be coming up with, you know, down the road, you know, with now that everybody can get their hands on the equipment, you know, to, to, mm-hmm. to, to make something. So it'll be really, I, I I'm like, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what, what comes, you know, I, I always love hearing new, exciting stuff. So I'm, I'm sure that's down the road. I mean, there were so many guys that popped up during the late 2000s, you know, late 2000, early, you know, 2012, 2013 with first 13 and the, you know, uh, gathering of darkness uh, that was in 2008, you know, all these guys popped up and then they disappeared as quickly as they popped up because, well, I can't do what these guys do. Well, don't try to do what these guys do. Try to do yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I talked to, to uh, Grant from Shadow Symphony recently, and he's still putting he he put out two albums back to back, and he stopped doing it because he didn't think anybody was listening. Dude, no! If you're still yeah. getting sales, if you're still getting getting sales, people are listening. Yeah, it's up to you now to. You want people to keep listening? Take that step. Yeah, that, that's the only way. Look at me getting old, philosophical, and all that stuff. <laughs> That's heavy, man. Oh my god, it's it's, it's the beard, man. And and this might be a good time to uh to slowly start winding it down before we start all you know bawling like schoolgirls here. But um, getting philosophical. Until we go oh into our twelfth year. Shut up. <laughs> He's been gone for two years. He's got a lot to say. Shut up. There you go. Just, just let him talk. Just let him talk. Well, the, the, the guys are there. Stop. <laughs> But guys, it's it's always a pleasure to have you guys on. So, are there any final questions from the hosts before we start winding it down? Oh, because the keep talking. <laughs> well, guys, you know it's always a pleasure to have you back on the show, Jerry. You're welcome anytime. Same with Jimmy. Same with Virgil, who I believe has had to go. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Virgil, you know, keep doing what you're doing, man. We love your music, and we'll keep listening for new stuff there. But we do like to call this part the plugs. You know, if if you are a haunt owner and you would be interested in having some of Jerry's or Virgil's or even Jimmy's music playing at your local haunt, you know, where can people get more information about that? Well, you're about to find out. So, Jerry, how can people, if they're interested, <coughs> your music is what they would technically call royalty-free, but it mm-hmm. is helpful that they register their music with you for what is the reason? I'm sure you can explain that for us. But if somebody wanted to use your music, I have a I have a hillbilly theme and I want to play Bodies in a Bayou or I have a zombie theme, I want to play Virus 308 or or whatever. How can they get access you can find, to music and, and all that? And I Paul, I don't mean to I didn't mean to cut you. You're it's cutting in and out. So sorry about that. Oh, sorry. Um uh you can go to my website at jerryvane.com. That's V-A-Y-N-E. Jerry J-E-R-Y. Um you can find me on Facebook through my music page. Um my music is royalty free to the haunted attraction industry. All I ask is that you go to my website and you know fill out the quick form just so I know who's using it. You know, I'm not going to, you know, there are some out of date posters on the uh, website that you can uh, download and print out. Um, uh, the most recent album was Black Moon Asylum, if you have a, a uh, an asylum themed haunt. Um, but you can find me on Facebook and, uh, you know, it does, it, you know, 
it's uh it's been quite a quite a ride and i every time somebody registers it's just very humbling to know that people still enjoy what they're listening to so why are you not doing the TikTok thing or the <coughs> spotify or the yeah, i'm too old for that well i'm on spotify <laughs> oh, okay i just don't get paid for it uh you can find me on all you can find me on all music platforms um you know itunes amazon spotify i think i'm on like god close to 100 different websites uh, worldwide um, uh, and, uh, you can find me on there. If you are in the Colorado area, check out sound of madness tribute to shinedown or the, um, lady red light, the, uh, tribute to great white. And, uh, you might catch me playing with maiden Denver as well. So there you go. Excellent. And Jimmy, I know you have several things that you have upcoming. I know you play a lot of lounges, cabarets, burlesque shows, as well as music clubs, festivals, and the occasional Rockabilly Festival down in North Carolina, which we hope will come back one day. But how can people get more information about Psycho Charger, Jimmy Psycho Experiment, and all things Jimmy Psycho? Uh, you know, I, I, I put all under one uh, website now, uh, jimmypsycho.com, and there's links like all my currently active projects which is just about everything because i'm always working on 10 things at the same time anyway but uh that's where you find like all the info for psycho charger the jimmy psycho experiment and uh, my latest project called the we call ourselves the infernal order of the black flame it's the uh gothic exotica band i'm doing with my my friend up in canada taya triffid she blazed she's a mean theremin player and we're got some originals we're doing some covers and actually we're going to be out. Our, de- our public debut is at Exoticon in L.A. this summer. So we're looking forward to that. But yeah, uh, JimmyPsycho.com. That's where hit me up. I'm, 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 I love to travel. I'll come play your event. Come play your show, your venue, what have you. I love to travel and music is the way to do it. So I hope to hear from everybody and everybody stay in touch. It's, it's, it's really great. Are you going to be playing Midnight or Midsummer Scream anytime soon? That, uh, yeah, I, I I was recently in touch with uh, the Elvira's people about setting up at her in her area again, playing some some spooky lounge music for the uh, the people waiting in line. So yeah, that that there there that is a possibility. So we will and be I, looking forward to that. I did forget one thing, and I apologize. Um, keep an eye out for the track "Into the Darkness." Which uh, for the the theme song for the Dark Knight Halloween World, which will be coming out hopefully later this year, uh, and, and uh, also my next album, which will have vocals called the Pandendium Effect. I forgot to mention that. Ooh. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> no, I'm not singing. <laughs> there are some and, things uh, I will do. And if if I was a convention owner and I was looking at having some lounge music, Jimmy, or otherwise. Would they go go to you through jimmypsycho.com to contact you? Yep. Yeah, I have, I have a uh, contact form or jimmypsycho at Gmail, uh, something like that. Yeah. So that, but I, have a, I do have a contact form on, on my, my website if it's a little bit easier. Okay. I have a couple of conventions that might be interested in your music later on this year. I will oh, put you fun. in touch off okay. the air. All so. right. Sounds good. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for being a part of Big Scary Show for low these long 11 years we very much appreciate your your listening to the show being a part of the show providing music to the show 
And as we said, unfortunately, Virgil Franklin had to leave, but I'm sure you can find his music on Bandcamp, among other places. Just look for Virgil Franklin. And I believe his music is also royalty-free. I'm not sure about the registering part, but that information should be available out there. So once again, we want to thank our very special guests, Jerry Vane and Jimmy Psycho, as well as our very special hosts, including Storm. Exoticon. Wasn't that the uh, Sean Connery movie from the 70s where he wore that outfit they later used in The Fifth Element? <laughs> oh, 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 I think that was Zardoz. Zardoz? <laughs> but but I did look up Exoticon because I lived in LA for a while and Exoticon was like a porn convention. And I'm like, <laughs> but but they spelt with a K, not C O. Oh, oh, that's a big that's a big search difference. <laughs> glad, glad I didn't just type an email, send my brother to that. I'd send him the wrong one. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and we won't even talk about Jerry's music being used for a certain adult performer, or maybe we will, but off the air because there may be children listening. We also want to thank. We want to thank Meat Hook Jim. Yes, you. Hi, Jim. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I was. We want to thank you for being a part of the show. Well, I... Eleven years still, <laughs> we have problems with the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? Let me tell you, it's been a great 11 years. Um, and, you know, a lot of people said we wouldn't make it this far. Now look at us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They still say it. <laughs> as far as I can tell, until proven otherwise, we are the longest running Halloween industry podcast in the world. Nice. Um, we're probably wrong, awesome. but a couple of others have been around as long as us, but they came out a couple of months after us. So. Until proven otherwise, and if you can prove us otherwise, please drop us a line so we don't brag ourselves into embarrassment. So we can enter into the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> I'm sure they would love to create that category just for us. We it's also more, want to thank. <laughs> it's more like the Guinness we bottle, also, the, the Guinness bottle <laughs> yeah. of World Records. <laughs> we also want to thank Jonna, the old crone, for filling in after jerry's absence and has been doing a bang-up job for almost two years well thank you i don't like i said earlier i don't consider myself a replacement i'm just holding the spot for him nah. you're doing a fantastic job thank you i'm just a doorstop my, my name is drew badger <laughs> my name is drew badger i want to thank again each and every one of our listeners who have been with us either from day one or from today as your first listen Thank you so much. Without you guys, we are literally nothing. And I just want to say, final final moment here, you guys did a show about jousting. Why mm-hmm. haven't you come to Jana for music with that? Because her medieval-themed haunt could probably use it. Uh-huh. I definitely sure could. talk off the air. <laughs> this is the Roundtable of Terror here on the big scary show. I still want to know how they got the ostriches to fly over the lava. <laughs> God. <laughs> it is not a round table without a without words of wisdom from Storm. <laughs> oh, goodness.
Garland Overdrive, Into the Darkness, featuring Hannah Mount and Jerry May, a Big Scary Show exclusive. Douglas from Midnight Syndicate, and I want to wish the Big Scary Show a happy birthday.
Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. This is Meat Hook Jim, and welcome to our 11th season. We couldn't have done it without you, our great listeners, and I couldn't have done it without my four co or my three. Well, yeah, four Koga hosts. Uh, the Hanstermanos, Jerry Vane, is still with us in, in a capacity. So I'm going to continue down torture and execution with asylums in a society that relished pastimes like bear baiting and cockfighting, it is not surprising that Elizabethans found amusement in the antics of the insane. Fair and understanding treatment of the mentally, mentally ill was centuries away. Bethlehem Hospital, better known as Bedlam, was founded in 1274 as a priory. It became a hospital by 1330 and began admitting mental patients in 1403. In 1557, it came under the direct control of Bridewell. The following year, it issued this edict. Be it known to all devout and faithful people that there have been erected in the city of London four hospitals for the people that be stricken by the hand of God. Some be distraught from their wits and these be kept and maintained in the hospital of Our Lady of Bedlam, until God call them to his mercy or to their wits again. Quack treatment prevailed. Pope John Paul XXI concocted some of the more dubious recipes in the 13th century. He urged physicians to cut the liver from a frog, fold it in a colwort leaf, and burn it in a new earthen pot, mixing the ashes with good wine to administer to the poor lunatic. He also believed it efficacious to eat roasted mice. The well-intentioned Elizabethan Andrew Board used, urged the use of mirth and merry communication. It is doubtful that there was much laughter in Bedlam. The keeper's usual response to symptoms of insanity was to administer a beating. Not surprisingly, the word bedlam came to mean scene of uproar and was synonymous with cruelty and neglect. Admission to bedlam was not regulated. Unscrupulous gardens might commit their rich but feeble-minded charges to it, and husbands would leave problem wives there. Hmm, maybe I should drop my wife off there. Bedlam was positioned between two sewers. In 1598, one visitor wrote, It was so loathsomely filthy, kept that it was not fit for any man to come into. That did not keep paying visitors away. 
They joined in verbal abuse and watched in fascination as the insane were whipped. Records indicate that Bedlam's patients were occasionally rented out as a floor show, the proceeds going to the keepers. It was years before the public's attitude towards the mentally afflicted changed. A report in the Times of 1816 registered a fresh response. It criticized the practice of keeping the insane strapped in straitjackets for weeks at a time and the employment of harsh keepers. It called for purpose-built general asylums to replace those stone, unwindowed, unchimneyed, parish pigsties of the cold, filth, and vermin, where lunacy now had its wretched abode. Let England's humanity and good sense call to mind that the madman is still a man with all his rights unforfeited, and that though the mental rays are distorted, the sensations are no less vivid. In France in 1792, the superintendent of a Parisian asylum struck the irons off its inmates, insisting that chains merely constrained the body and discipline was necessary to order the mind. This fiercely moral conviction was adopted by Quakers in England and by a doctor and philanthropist Benjamin Rush in America. Believing crime and insanity to be medical problems, Rush built the tranquilizer, a chair with built-in commode, and wooden blinkers to restrain patients who had fallen into a frenzy. He also invented the gyrator, a table onto which patients were strapped and spun at a high speed to shock the brain into normal thought. Both were abandoned when reluctant patients were injured while they were steered towards the dreadful contraptions. For those of you that have asylum-themed haunts, maybe a little research into Bedlam is in order. Catch you on the next episode. This is Jerry Vaden. I'm, I'm the Hans and Elias. I'm going to listen to the big scary show because it's really big and really scary because we're not very thin. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Vane takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from instrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. You sweat, but you don't dare move. You want to scream, but you can't. Terror grips every nerve in your body. And your heart is beating so fast, it feels like your eardrums are going to burst. You swallow hard, and you realize there is nothing you can do but wait and squirm. 
Now American International Pictures presents Squirm, the ultimate horror. Millions of writhing, seething creatures oozing out of the mire, shocked into a frenzy by 100,000 volts of electricity, driven by an uncontrollable urge to feed on human flesh. Squirm, rated R under 17, not admitted without parent. Hey there, Kevin Alvey from Gorgalore. Just wishing a happy birthday to the Big Scary Show. Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> this is the Old Crone, and I am here at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I am both odd and curious, so we're going to walk around and see what kind of interesting things we find here. And I am looking at a lovely booth called the Bone Canvas, and I am talking to the artist Morgan. Hi, Morgan. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing great. Okay, so you have done some really great artwork with dried flowers and basically skulls and bones. Can I ask you why? How did you get started with this? Um, well, I actually started last year as a hobby. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I have five kids. Oh, wow. Um, so I was looking for an outlet just to, you know, do something fun that I enjoyed. Um, so, so I just kind of started as a hobby, and then people liked what I was doing, and then it just quickly turned into a business for me. So a stay-at-home mom immediately thinks of skulls and dried yeah. flowers. You're my kind of mom, so yeah. that is awesome. So this yeah. is your first year exhibiting here? Um, for the Oddities Expo, yes. I did do the uh, Tulsa Punk Rock Flea Market last year. Nice. Um, and then the Black Moth Flea Market okay. um, as well. But uh, this is my first Oddities Expo. That's awesome. And has, has business been good so far? We've only been open a couple hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been going great. Terrific. So if someone wants to see your artwork and possibly purchase something, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, they can email me at uh, thebonecanvas at gmail.com or look me up on Instagram at thebonecanvas. Okay, great. Well, your stuff is beautiful. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me, okay? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hi, tell me about your booth. So I like to consider it to be kind of a dark Victorian folk art, a lot of upcycled antiques. Nice. Um, some of the things are handmade by me. Um, I like to take things that are old and make them look even older. And um, so everything here is made by me, aside from these, which are hand-embroidered jewelry from my mother. Nice. But yeah, everything here is... And the name of you, your booth is Faye Macabre? Faye Macabre, yes. It's Faye F-A-E-M-A-C-A-B-R-E. Okay, and you're on Etsy and Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Okay. This is the Old Crone, and I'm back at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo in Tulsa, and I am looking at some really cool stuff with a couple who 
do this together, which is awesome. So what's the name of your company? Because I know I'm going to mispronounce it. Muertomorphosis. Terrific. Now, how long have you guys been doing this? This is our third year doing Expos. I've been doing this as a hobby for about eight years now, but as a actual job for the past three years. Terrific. And what do you do? Just load the boxes? Uh, I am the road crew slash security team. There you go. It's my job. But it's great that you guys could do this together. Do you guys travel all over the country uh, for this? Not this everywhere, but we do a lot of states. This is so. our biggest tour yet. We're doing 17 shows, 15 cities this year. Wow. We, last year we only did five. So it's a big jump for us this year. Okay. So briefly describe what you do, what your artwork is. So the artwork is, I like to abbreviate it as dead and dainty. Um, I take I like that. <laughs> once living beings and try to morph them, morphosis, mm -hmm. into a pretty way to display forever. That's, that's so. great. Everything we use is as ethical as possible and real. We utilize all real botanicals um, and a lot of antiques go into our vessels, frames, lanterns, uh, dishes. A lot of things I like to incorporate into the art are old. So you're giving a lot of different things a new life, not just the creatures that yep. you use. Everything as a whole. That's great. Well, it's beautiful work. Thank you so Thank much you. for taking the time to speak with me. I appreciate it. And I hope you have a great success today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I am talking to... Rhonda Lessig. Rhonda, you are here with Yield the Crow. And this is something very unique I have not seen anywhere else in the show. How would you describe it? Recycled, repurposed metal art. Um, my husband does the work. He takes a metal filing cabinet, cuts it up into small pieces, and then reassembles it. It is beautiful. So Thank just you. to describe what I'm looking at, basically he is taking these metal pieces and he has made them into a very, um, I guess, not even a steampunk. How would you describe this? But they're skulls. They're, they're, they're the skull We kind of call them masks. But yeah, that's a great they kind of represent the mask that people wear because people don't show you their true face. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of mm -hmm. bringing it out. It's it's very retro, but yet industrial. Um, it's it's gothic, but not steampunky. I mean, it's I don't know how to really describe it. It's very very unique and. If someone wanted to take a look at these online, where could they find you? Yieldthecrow.net. Yieldthecrow.net. Probably my favorite thing I have seen at the expo today. Thank, Thank you, you so much for taking time to talk to us. Thank you. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing.
And greetings, Frighteners, and welcome to a very special edition of the Weister's Haunted Vista. Thought you got rid of me, didn't you? You demented freak! Flattery will get you nowhere. That would be irresponsible and unethical. Twisted humor set aside for now, Mr. Badger had approached me at the tail end of last year about the possibility of doing something for the Big Scary Show again. And basically, lightning has struck. Here we are, 11 years of Big Scary. Can you believe it? It's hideous. It's horrible. It's going to get ugly. Well, media critics notwithstanding, I did want to extend a warm and hearty haunted welcome to one Mr. Dick Terhoon and his Marketing Morgue segment. I've known this gentleman for a long time, and I seem to recall working with him on another podcast, the name of which escapes me at this point. Guilty. Guilty. And oh, so very guilty. I'm certain he'll be here for many, many full moons to come. Shut up! You make me nervous. <laughs> and with the social pleasantries now all set aside, let's get down to business, shall we? Initially, when Mr. Badger approached me about the possibility of doing another segment for Big Scary Show, he caught me at the quick. I was a bit of a loss. I really didn't know what to talk about. Drew and I had been exchanging texts about music and box sets and things like that, and lo and behold, that brings us to where we are now. Long-term listeners to Big Scary, familiar with my section of the show, are obviously quite well aware that I would touch on heavy metal bands from time to time in between all the ghoulish goodies that I would offer. As far as bands go regarding my musical taste and my development as a so-called guitar player, Black Sabbath have always ranked in my top five, possibly even in my top three, and the only bands that have ever stayed unwaveringly in those positions have been Sabbath and the Beatles. With the band now retired after their final shows in Birmingham, England at the top of 2017, guitarist Tony Iommi has turned his interest towards the remastering, repackaging, and deluxe editioning of the back catalog. We're going to take an in-depth look at what has been released thus far. The entire catalog is not finished, but I'll talk about that later. And decide whether there's enough bang in there for your hard-earned buck, because trust me, some of these volumes are expensive. We're also going to do this in the order in which the albums were originally released chronologically, primarily as I'm lazy and I really don't want to go back and try to research each date on which these albums were re-released. No thank you. Lame, 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 lame! But, funnily enough, the first three albums were the first three to get the deluxe edition treatment, and they were announced at about the same time that Sabbath announced their farewell tour at the tail end of 2015. As they stand, Black Sabbath and Paranoid, both from 1970, and Master of Reality from 1971, all garner huge points for me in regards to the remix of the original albums. Black Sabbath and Paranoid sound fantastic, but Master of Reality truly benefits the most from the remix. I always thought the original production design was a mushy mess, and this thing hums with a life all of its own now. In regards to special features, don't forget, back in those days, Sabbath were in and out of the studio lickety-split. 
The first album was done in two days, Paranoid Inside of a Week, and Masters of Reality about three weeks. This obviously didn't leave Sabbath a lot of wiggle room in terms of studio hijinks. You get some alternate takes and some early takes of classic songs, one or two pieces that never made it to an album, but overall, it was very cut and dry in those days. So the question is, are these worth your hard-earned dollar? In terms of the remixes and remasterings of the original albums, I would give a wholehearted yes. These things crackle and shimmer with a life all their own that the original recordings never had, and they have a presence that really, really hits you right between the eyes if played really loud. Hint, hint, hint. And to reiterate what I said earlier, for a casual listener, in terms of special features, look elsewhere. However, that gets remedied with their next release. Released last summer to coincide with the original album's 50th anniversary, 1972's Black Sabbath Volume 4 stands as my favorite of the Aussie years for a lot of different reasons, not to mention which it was the first album of original material of theirs that I bought with my very own money. This is one of the big ones you definitely want to get your hands on. A four-disc set with a fantastic booklet full of memorabilia, photographs, and commentary on the actual creation of the album. This is where the rubber meets the road. Okay, all that taught me is that you're pathetic. Also included is a remastered version of their 1980 unofficial live release, Live at Last, cleaned up, remastered, and you know the drill on the rest. It really gives a life to that recording that it didn't have in the early days. I bought that when it came out, 1981-82, and the sound quality was horrible. Not anymore. As far as the remix of Volume 4, I never had a problem with it originally. I thought it was one of their best sounding records, but that's just my opinion. But here, there's a clarity and distinction to all the instrumentation that just absolutely will tear your head off at high volumes. Highly recommended. Now be warned, these things are expensive. You're talking about $100 to $120 for the box set. I think it's a kind of question of saving your pennies for these things, because Mr. Iomi has made it very difficult on all of this, making them very high quality. And that also pertains to the next release in the series. <laughs> Released pretty much on the heels of the Volume 4 Deluxe Edition, the box set of 1975 Sabotage does not disappoint. The remix of the album obviously benefits the original recording greatly, although Sabotage is definitely one of the better produced of the Sabbath albums. It's also considered the last masterpiece of the Aussie era, something I'm kind of go back and forth with. This isn't one of my favorite albums of theirs, or The Hole in the Sky, Symptom of the Universe. The thrill of it all, those titles say all you need to know. There's also included a much bootlegged, and not to mention considerably cleaned up, 1975 full concert from the tour of the album. This thing's been all over the market, and they finally put it in a box set, and it sounds magnificent. And once again, a fantastic book full of commentary, photographs, memorabilia, and you name it. Again, very expensive, but very worth it.
considered to be one of the Black Sheep albums of the original band's initial run, 1977's Technical Ecstasy, an album I happen to like quite a bit, popped up in box set form in October of last year. That's three of them in one year, Tony. Give us all a break, please. Ow, ow, ow! <laughs> yeah, so said my wallet. Kiss me, you fool. Knock it off. Coming along similar lines as the Volume 4 and Sabotage box sets, Technical Ecstasy offers not only a fantastic stellar remix of the original album, the usual booklet full of commentary, pictures, memorabilia, and whatnot, an FM broadcast from the tour which is digitally remastered, but also a pair of discs which offer a remarkable set of remixes and rethinkings of the original recordings. Now, normally, I don't go for this sort of thing, but what has been done with these two reimaginings has given a completely different insight into the original recordings. And I don't say that easily. Normally, this sort of thing turns me off in a big way, but this puts such a funky, soulful, bluesy, jazzy spin on these recordings. It's well worth investigating and may put you in a different light in regards to this album. It wasn't very highly regarded when it was released, feeling the band had lost its way, Ozzy included, but again, go back and listen with scrubbed eardrums, well worth the time investment. Both 1980's Heaven and Hell and 1981's Mob Rules, both featuring the stellar vocal talents of the late great Ronnie James Dio, have been released as deluxe editions a couple of times now already, most recently at the tail end of last year. I'm going to do these together as they form a very interesting package if you listen to them back to back. Heaven and Hell itself, which always had, in my opinion, one of the best production jobs ever, courtesy of Martin Birch, benefits again from the upgrade. It's not a huge difference, but there's a certain clarity that was missing from the original release. As for Mob Rules, again produced by Martin Birch, that one was a bit mushier on its initial release, so obviously the cleaning up did it wonders. In terms of extra goodies, Heaven and Hell features a lot of live B-sides from the singles that they were releasing at the time, not to mention a cleaned up FM broadcast from Hartford, Connecticut. These things are really, really crystal clear, and they offer an interesting look into what the band was sounding like at the time. Mob Rules also features a full concert set from the tour, and it also features the alternate version of the title track from 1981's Heavy Metal Movie. As I brought up earlier, they've re-released these deluxe editions a couple of times, and I'm hoping this is the last one, because they are not cheap. Are they worth it? Yes. And like I said, the extra concert bonus features make these all hum and sing with a life of all their own. They sound really good if you play them back-to-back, -back, if you got the time to invest in that, and they're not particularly pricey, about 40 a piece if you buy them on vinyl, but I would definitely recommend these that this was also the beginning of a new start for the band, but blah blah blah, that's for historians, not me, to go into. Speaking of history, here comes the black sheep of the family. <laughs>
1983's Born Again featuring Deep Purple vocalist Ian Gillen on vocals. Yeah, that was a lot to swallow back then. I was only 16 and I was like, him? Really? After Ronnie Dio? But never mind. I've always been very, very fond of this record. A lot of people aren't. And it is hampered by a really half-hearted production job. Now, the deluxe edition, unfortunately, doesn't do much to rectify that situation. But, and this is a side note here, it was announced by Iommi himself. He found the master tapes to the original album, so I'm expecting a new edition of that to show up very, very soon, but more on that later. The cleaning up helps a little bit. I mean, it's definitely a bass-heavy mix, but regardless of that, it does adjust for some of the sins of the original release. In terms of extras, there's a track called The Fallen, which was recorded at the time but not put on the album, and the opening riff has a striking resemblance to Led Zeppelin's Celebration Day. Go check the two tracks out for yourself on that one. It also includes an FM broadcast of the band's appearance that August at the Reading Festival. They headlined it. And it's a pretty good performance, I must say that. Gillen's voice, although somewhat odd for Sabbath, nestles comfortably in the Aussie era material. Dio's stuff, uh, come see, come saw, but that's another matter altogether. As most folks know, Gillen stuck around just long enough to finish the tour at the top of 1984, and Sabbath went into hibernation for a couple years. And my, there were changes aplenty. <laughs> Appearing in January of 1986, Seventh Star, released by Black Sabbath featuring Tony Iommi. Ow, ow, ow! Yeah, I know, that's smarts. Seventh Star is an interesting record. This was originally conceived as Tony's solo record, therefore he has a cast of supporting players on there, and he also has Glenn Hughes on vocals, who does a stellar job on this record, and the remakes really, really makes this one shine. The rub came when the band had to go out on the road to support the album, and Glenn Hughes, being full of drugs at the time, was absolutely in no shape to handle a full-scale tour. And he promptly got booted six dates into the trek, which, by the way, both of the dates got canceled in the United States anyway, and in walks this unknown guy named Ray Gillen. Now, this is where the twist in the tale comes to the story, but I'll get to that in a minute. In regards to extras, you have a couple of remixes, in particular of No Stranger to Love, which was the single which went nowhere at the time, and also a show from Dallas, Texas in April of that year, which features said Gillen on the vocals. It's interesting because there's a transitionary thing going in here between Seven Star and the next album. <laughs> Eternal Idol, released at the tail end of November of 1987, features the vocal talents of Tony Martin, although the original album was recorded by Ray Gillen, who disappeared right in the middle of it because he felt the band was going nowhere. Exit Mr. Gillen, enter one Tony Martin, who we will be discussing here in a few moments. In terms of extras, you get the remix Tony Martin album, the demos with Ray Gillen's voice on it, and you can see how basically Tony Martin 
mimicked everything Gillen did just to keep things going smoothly because by this point the album was long overdue. There's also a couple of unused tracks and Some Kind of Woman and a demo for a song called Black Moon which would appear on a future Tony Martin record but again I'll get to that in a moment. I'm very nostalgic about these two. Both are superior albums that really didn't get a fair shake because the band was going through so much turmoil. And speaking of which, that two-year period for me had a lot of upheaval as well, and these were kind of soundtracks to keep me sane, if you will. Very, very good. If you've never really taken the time to listen to these, I highly recommend them. They're not particularly expensive, and they offer a very interesting window and insight into a really, really difficult period for the band. As for a favorite, I like them both. Seven Star really isn't a Black Sabbath album. That was supposed to be Iomi's first solo record, but it is fantastic. And Eternal Idol, I always felt, could be a follow-up to Mob Rules. This really, really fit into that mold of heaven and hell and that sort of material. But as they say, time marches on. And oddly enough, the guy who sang in heaven and hell pops up again in our history. <laughs> is The Humanizer, featuring a reunion of the Mob Rules lineup with Dio, Iommi, Geezer Butler, and Vinnie Appice, was supposed to be the album that relaunched Sabbath's career, as Ozzy was not coming back anytime soon, and basically, it was badly timed. This thing came out in the midst of the grunge explosion, and... Old school metal was very much out of favor, although it did get a boost when bands like Nirvana and Soundgarden often cited Sabbath as a huge influence. The original drum-heavy mix, courtesy of Queen producer Mac, is crisped up a bit, but there's not a huge difference in terms of what's going on regarding sound quality. It's cleaner and it's clearer, but the original album had a good punch to it all its own originally. As for extras, you've got a few live single B-sides from the Dehumanizer tour, not to mention an alternate version of the song Time Machine from the Wayne World soundtrack. It's excellent, dude. Ow! Why would you do that? Okay, I'm going to fill in a few holes now. As most of you have probably noticed, I've skipped over a lot of albums and a lot of periods in the band's history. This is what I can say is confirmed. As of the time of this recording, April 2023, it has been announced that the band's first ever official live album, 1982's Live Evil, featuring Dio on the vocals, is going to be released in one of those deluxe box sets around June. This is something to take a look at. It's been heavily redone because the original album was a big, mushy mess. Even I will say that, and I love that. Finally being released this year, the long-awaited Black Sabbath Tony Martin Years box set. It's about time this guy got his due. Sharon Osbourne can't erase his history no matter how hard she tries. This will feature the album's Headless Cross, Tear, Cross Purposes, Cross Purposes Live, and a completely remixed version of Forbidden, an album that most Sabbath fans seem to despise. As for extras, who knows? There's a certain kind of contractual obligation on the band nowadays where Tony can't put any new material out under the Black Sabbath name, so who knows, we shall see. This is probably going to come out in the later part of the year, but from my sources tell me this is definitely going to show up sometime in the course of 2023. Now, on to my theories. There's only a handful of Black Sabbath albums left to get the box set remastered deluxe edition treatment. 
and I suspect they're all going to show up this year. Now, here's my theory. We're in 2023. The albums that are missing start with Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, which was released in 1973, this year marking its 50th anniversary. Also missing from this collection is Never Say Die, released in 1978, the last to feature Ozzy Osbourne on vocals, and 2023 marks its 45th anniversary. And you remember how I mentioned that Tony Iommi had found the original tapes to Born Again? 2023 marks the 40th anniversary of that album. Now granted, this is a lot of postulating and theorizing on my part, and I really have no proof on any of it. But it makes sense. These are the big glaring emissions in terms of the catalog. And after that, that is pretty much that, as they say. Uh, time will tell, in my opinion. I really have no proof. But I am seriously watching what's going on because they do tend to do two or three box sets a year anyway. So, who knows? It remains to be seen. A couple of points before I wrap things up here. One, at the tail end of 2021... Iommi teamed up with a major Italian perfume producer and released his own cologne. These things were like $250 a bottle. <laughs> I got lucky. I was on Etsy and managed to find a small sample bottle for about 15 bucks. My opinion, well, first of all, don't take my word for full, because quite frankly, I am not a cologne wearer to begin with, but I wanted to try it to see what the man had in mind. Mix a leathery, musky kind of smell with hints of lavender to it, and you have it. It's definitely a darker scent, very masculine, but the bad point for me is it sticks around a lot longer than you'd like it to, and it is potent. You only need a couple of drops of this thing, and it hangs on. It's strong. So... That was my two cents on it. Number two. Obviously, this does not signal a return to my full time on Big Scary. My life, as I mentioned, is very, very different from when I started working here in 2014. But things change. Hint, hint. But I really cannot give any, any positive affirmation one way or the other. We shall see. This is enjoyable to do again, but like I said, on a regular basis, I'm still not convinced I can pull it off. And quite frankly, as I said, my other commitments take up far too much of my time to really nail this down again. Future things may change my mind, but for now, wait and see. I'll probably pop up somewhere down the line again on some sort of anniversary or Halloween special. Finally, I wanted to offer my congratulations to Drew Jim and Storm on 11 years of The Big Scary Show. That's remarkable. Podcasts come and go, and this has been a mainstay for a very, very long time, especially in the Halloween industry. You see these things pop up like weeds and disappear almost the next day. So hats off, guys. Thank you for all the years I was here, and you just keep drilling them out. You're doing a fantastic job, and my heartiest congratulations. So with that in mind... Always remember Sven Guldi's credo and brush your fangs, comb your face, drink your milk before it clots, bite mama goodnight, and everyone out there, take care, congratulations Big Scary Show, and I hope to see you all somewhere down the line. Take care all, be well, be safe, always make every day Halloween, and hope to see you again somewhere else down the line.
from H.G. Wells, history's most credible prophet, now comes his most incredible story, Empire of the Ants, a terrifying tale of civilization fighting for survival against armies of giant ants ten feet tall who control the human population by drugging them into submission. H.G. Wells, Empire of the Ants, rated PG, parental guidance suggested. They shall inherit the earth sooner than you think. Rex B. Hamilton here, wishing the Big Scary Show a happy birthday. Virgil Franklin, they taste funny on the Big Scary Show. up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karen.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com.
as we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Von Caron Productions. And VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at wrestlehorror.com. And Storm, Rants and more, hauntminute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.